While we'll be consuming alcohol throughout the show, should you choose to join in, we ask that you only do so where it's legal, safe, and in moderation. We also welcome your feedback and suggestions on our Instagram at Movies Rock Podcast. And should we say anything rude, non-inclusive, or otherwise wrong, we apologize in advance. We are affirming of all, so with that being said, offense or ill will is never our intent. Now let's get back to the show. sync and, that song and is in for your us head to now. have this pulled down <laughs> that song is in your head now because it, it has been in my head for the last 48 fucking hours it is such a catchy theme song and if you were born pre-1989 as derek was not you know what i'm talking about today is of course the Police Academy episode of Movies on the Rocks. And welcome, everybody, to Movies on the Rocks. It is I, Tomas, with Elias. Hello. And Derrick. Derrick. Oh, oh, the accent time. makes total sense with the Sean Connery yes, uh, police yes. theme, right? Yes. As, as a beat cop. Yes, you fucking bastard. <laughs> I, I am... Uh, okay. And we're Hi, folks. To, welcome to hell. <laughs> this is already off the rails. We can't ever start the first like minute of the show. So anyways, as I was moving on the rocks, we're here to talk movies, you know, talk shit, be the shit, eat the shit, drink the shit, whatever we can do. Um... And today we are talking, like I said, we are talking about the motion picture, the uh, seminal 80s, I think 80s classic yeah. motion picture known as Police Academy. Yeah. Um, before we get like. into that, though, and before we get into any part of the movie, we always have a process. It's a process. The process is the process is the process. And so with that being said, what are we drinking tonight, gentlemen? What are we imbibing? Let me go first because mine's awful. Um, much like <laughs> anyone who uh, has listened to our most recent Halloween episode, I still have and still need to get rid of some more of this mango cider from Ace. Uh, I'm going to taste it. You know, this time it won't be with a cough drop in my mouth, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be. That sounds fun. Pretty awful. Yeah, it's just, it's just <laughs> not good. Yeah, is, you said it was a mango cider? Yeah, it's a mango cider, and and I, I don't know. You guys it's like just, mangoes. I don't like mangoes, yeah. so I would never try it. I love mangoes. I don't. If know you, you don't like yourself. mangoes, 
you're wrong. So I have a backup and I know I'll like it because I found it. Um, and it's one of my favorites and I've had it before on the show before, but this is, uh, my lucky Buddha. Oh, you've had it, but you've definitely had lucky Buddha before. Yeah. It's a great beer. I always enjoy it every single time. And spice flavored. No, certainly not, but it's such (laughs) a good beer. It, it, um, What's the flavor it, though? What's what's the what's the flavor today? You know, if you don't if you don't if you've never had Lucky Buddha, I'm gonna compare it to. It looks like a Heineken almost. It's somewhere. Yeah, it's pretty close to a Heineken. Let's go there. Yeah, right. I'm gonna so, say, yeah, so I'm like gonna a, say so somewhere like a, around a Heineken, but it, like uh, a like a German lager almost, kind of like a Blue Oyster brew. Yes, yes, very very light, <laughs> um, <laughs> nice kind of. Uh, I don't know. It's just something about it. I always enjoy it every time I get it. That's the Blue Oyster reference about the beers. About <laughs> he got I, it. He just I, doesn't I, ignore I'm it. trying to ignore you both. <laughs> and it's just not helping. Respect your elders, bro. Respect oh, my gosh. Elders. Bro. 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 And Elias, what are we drinking today, so I, dude? I refuse to drink anything that I don't like. Okay. <laughs> so I've got my typical old-fashioned hopefully hoping it, nice. it soothes my throat and all the stupid cough that i've got so it's the first alcoholic that, beverage i've had in a couple of weeks so that works dude that works yeah. and you'll probably have more than one because of that probably. reason so just keep just keep soothing your throat probably that, you know it's either that or semen so just either one that is random <laughs> it's like milk anyways all right so what i'm drinking today is I'm so uh, disappointed. I got I got strawberry orange crush mixed with a wee bit of rum. Okay. Strawberry orange crush? What? Sorry, strawberry crush. Okay, strawberry crush, which is yes. basically the same, if I remember correctly, as like Big Red. So like Red basically, Fanta? Like okay. Red Fanta, but without the bubbles. Bro, Big Red, I haven't heard that in a while. Holy Big shit. Red's great. Big Red's That's, great. I, did, I had Big Red when I was living in Texas. I mean, because you, you know it's it's owned by Dr. Pepper, right? I didn't know that. Mm, yeah, I believe it. <laughs> so Big Red, Big Red is actually owned by Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper owns Big Red because it was it's bottled in Waco. It's also it's like it's from Waco also. So oh so, shit, that's that makes sense. They have the Dr. Pepper Museum in Waco. Oh, yeah, that's okay, where it's okay, from. Okay. It's from it's it's from Waco. That's it's where that's where it started. That's where it's from. Dr. Pepper is in Waco. God, that's I love. Nice. I haven't had Dr. Pepper since I've had my surgery, and I'm. I might just try it just to see if I still like it because I tried Coke Zero after my surgery and I can't drink it. I can't drink it. I have no inkling to. I tried it once. I threw away the can. I took a sip. I threw away the can. I was like, it so tasted it like flavor profile. You don't, I don't know. It, it's like all of a sudden, like I just couldn't taste it. I couldn't taste the Coke in it. Like it tasted like seltzer water to me and I hate seltzer water. I feel that way about when, the last time I went back to Royal Crown. Oh yeah, it's it true. it just didn't hit the same kid, way. And it, it, yeah, it was used to be fantastic, and I don't know what what changed. The same with uh, what was the other one? There's another Dude. one. Uh, like, uh, is it who makes root beer? What's that company that always makes? A and W. And A and W cream cream, uh, cream soda Barks. they used to have. Oh yeah, it was Barks. And I don't know the cream soda. It was a phenomenal beverage, and then now I go back to it like, mm, no. I mean the the only cream soda that I really liked. Was always IBC. IBC was good, and I still stand by. Um, Squirt is a more; it's a superior beverage over Sprite, or Seven Up for that matter. Dude, Seven Up just kind of like fizzled out 
Squirt. I oh, was huge back in the eighties and nineties. You gotta, you gotta go to like weird. the like the Fiesta or or like the the oh. dollar dollar uh, dollar general kind of thing. That, that's where. Uh, okay, I've never heard of oh, Squirt. Squirt. Big, yes, yeah, Squirt's big got yellow. Lemon. Yeah, the yeah, lemon yeah, with yeah, like three little droplets. Yep. I've never seen that. Yep. It's way better beverage, and it doesn't. I don't think it has that crap. That I'm, I mean, like I, I love Seven Up and all that and Mountain Dew and whatnot, but. They've used like what is it, yellow nine hundred and all that shit that's not good for you. It's like and Mexican Coke that has like the the sugar cane. Uh-huh. Uses real sugar, uses actual sugar cane yep. in the process. Yeah, and I just by no not knowing Squirt apparently in this conversation, I've completely shown my privilege. So I apologize for that immensely. <laughs> you don't have to apologize. <laughs> just go drink it and be like, yes, it's a good beverage. <laughs> I'll go. I'll, I, I actually know. I actually know where the local McGallow is, so I can actually go there. But Derek, there's, you go back to the taco shop not too far from me that I've heard is amazing. So no mames. No mames, way. But you, you brought up a good point about flavors, like childhood flavors, man. You know, with Halloween just wrapping up and uh, eating the kids' candy or even drinking shit from my childhood, like Sunny D. Um, mm-hmm. it, things just don't taste the same. And I don't know if it's the, the, my palate changing over the years or or what. Dude, that's I, the re- thing. I think um, that's the thing. So, so there's there's a theme that's coming up and, and we're going to get here when we get into this movie. Some things are not as good as we remember. If I could travel back in time, you know, people be like, I'd be rich. I'd do this. I would go back and taste food and it's original, like the original McDonald's burger, the original right McDonald's fries. Oh, when it still tasted like and, a yeah, burger. Like when it tasted like a real burger and then going back to my childhood, like that's what I would do. Look, if you want, if you want to taste a real burger, just go to Burger King. That's where they still serve them. Uh, <laughs> Dude, Burger King, I stand by it. If you oh, want dude. just a regular beef patty, Burger you know, King is superior. You, you know what I had the other day? Michelle bought it for me, and I was so happy. She bought me a Whataburger. A mm. Whataburger. Very good. So we have it here. So we, I, I know, but she, it wasn't the regular Whataburger. She bought me one of their special burgers. She bought me the double cheese chili burger. Sounds messy. It was It was a Whataburger junior size. It was a junior size chili cheeseburger double patty. Holy fuck! I about I came in my pants. I I literally took a you bite and I was like, "This is delicious!" And ah, see the semen theme. here, man. Ah. Look, 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 look. We need to shift away from bodily fluids. And I'm gonna tell you that I'm disappointed in Whataburger, man. Here's the thing: their burgers are good. Their specialty burgers are even better, and they're uh-huh. still delicious. We've always the talked about is it. There, We've always talked that, about right? it. <laughs> but. I went there to get a meal. The shakes are still good too. Shakes are good for sure. The the quality the the point is the quality is not dripped at all. It, it stayed very where 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 it was right sustained. But, but I paid over ten dollars for a single patty burger. They meal. are expensive. That's they are insane, not the though. cheap brand anymore. They're not. And cheap they've brand. gone up. They've gone up. That's the they're, thing that kills. They're me. not cheap. They are not cheap at all, dude. And here's I was the just here's like, the problem. I've gone to I've got yeah I'm I am a burger fanatic. We haven't talked about it. I love burgers, right? And you go to Whataburger and the burgers that I get are great. I should say that they're they're absolutely wonderful. But the specialty burgers though, they're gonna be pricey. The those those even the specialty burgers to me, that's an eight dollar meal, not an eleven, twelve dollar meal. It's not <laughs> worth that. It's not worth that. If I wanted a, an eleven, twelve dollar meal, I'd go to five guys. And that's a better burger, right? It is a better burger. It is a so better burger. That's, that's the thing. Like, I'm not getting my money's worth. And like BK, 
they're doing the same thing. They're a little bit steep right now. It's an eight, nine dollar burger, and it really should be closer to six or seven. Mm. You, know, you go over to McDonald's. I'll tell you who's still cheap. That's Taco Hell, baby. Taco Bell Ooh, and Sonic. Right. Sonic's still holding really? it. They're still yeah. holding it down. Now, Taco Bell's raised its prices a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I bought for a, for a family of four tacos and shit the other day. It was like 50 bucks. And it was Did like you buy meals? You, no, you need tacos, to just no. I bought you tacos buy the greens. individual tacos and I you bought, just say I want twelve. Oh, they add up, man. They add up. Look at the pricing. Maybe it's a Miami thing, but it will wait fifty bucks. Are you a like sour cream family? Um, yes. There you go. That's the block from Chipotle. That's the same thing. That's what it is. Like regular tacos. The regular taco. The regular not 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 supreme. The regular taco is gonna be pricey. I still remember, I remember when they were fifty cents. Tacos. Yeah, I remember. Oh, oh 59 Taco, Dr. Supreme, Dr. Supreme, somebody tell Louise. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm there. I'm here with you. <laughs> the late anyway. great little Richard. Anyways, all right. So so now that we've talked about this, we've talked about our drinks, let's go ahead and take it to the news desk. <laughs> News of the day. I hope that we use that as a sound bite. <laughs> I hope that that is a sound bite from here on out. <laughs> Embarrassing. Okay. All right. So, news of the day. Today in the year of our Lord 2023, I know Dominique. Gentlemen, who's got news for today? Well, first off, let's start off with, you know, the sad part of the news. Um, over the weekend, um, Matthew Perry did pass away, uh, sadly enough. Uh, it was a lot of stuff that happened because of it. Like people were getting pissed because TMZ was the first to break it. Right. And how they broke it, people are a little upset about They're Like you should have given at least 24 hours, but of course TMZ is going to jump on everything. But what, in terms of him passing away in the bath, in the hot tub? Not just that. It's just that. They found out because, you know, which is part of journalism. Now, I'm not knocking TMZ. I'm just like, like we're doing it. We're bringing the news. I can't knock TMZ because they're doing their job. They're supposed to do what they do. And they're supposed to have sources and pay their sources. So supposedly they had a cop or a first responder, let's just say a first responder, that they paid for the information. No, it's unfortunate. Yeah, It's It's unfortunate. It kind of sucks because the family... And closest friends found out on the internet by getting a message world. on their phones, which is the yeah. world today. I don't think is, that's fair. That's not I don't fair. think you that's fair either. I don't think civil servants should be able to do that. But it's all based, it's all based on anonymity. So honestly, if there's mm-hmm. more than one person there, who's gonna fucking know? And they can't force you to tell them. You know what yeah. I mean? And reporters yeah. have to keep their sources. Well, they're supposed to keep their sources a secret, so they shouldn't tell you, and because they have to keep sources a secret, and then they have to confirm those sources as well. They're supposed to, which we learned on LA Confidential, which we did learn on LA Confidential, exactly, (laughs) exactly. You know what I'm saying? You know, and so like, you know, it's just it's it's unfortunate, but this is the world we live in. If you are somebody with some sort of fame and notoriety, and Unfortunately, you pass away. People are going to find out quickly, very quickly. You may find out that your husband dies or your wife dies, if they're that kind of person, while you're at work with the notification on your phone. 
I mean, it's it's just where we live in because because that you know travels at the speed of light. This is this is the problem, and, and and I think we as a society are still struggling with the repercussions of the internet. This this Flex. instant communication, instant knowledge, and all of instant the gratification. Well, and there's there is. And I do not mean to say that the internet is inherently bad, but because it's brought about so much good, but with it has come a whole lot of things that we have haven't established societal norms about yet. It's Pandora's box, dude. It's absolutely. Pandora's box. It is Depending absolutely. On, you're one click away from inciting a riot, offending somebody, coming across something you don't want to see or, or read about. I mean, it's it's nuts. Uh, the conversations I'm having today with my kids are totally different because of this instant information and gratification that they get. Um, shit, I'll watch my kid. My kids will be studying, watching YouTube on uh, Discord and FaceTiming. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are you having? Like multiple press conferences here, guy? Like, are, are, are you are you a fucking president? What's going on here? Mm-hmm. And it's just yeah. like, it just, and none of the information sticks. That's the other crazy thing. It's just like yeah. bombardment of information. They don't memorize anything anymore. Um, well, like, and I think I, it's, 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 and I, I think, I mean, it's pretty clear that I think my generation has, has grown up with the internet. We're probably one of the early generations to have mm-hmm. such, uh, be so influenced by the ubiquity of information available. And like that, my, I know definitively that there are things that I have already changed the way that I think about things because of how immediate information is, right? Back in the day, before we had address books, we had memorized phone numbers, and that was a norm, right? Knowing the 10-digit number was super simple, and you might know 30 of them, but I don't know any hardly anymore because my phone's got them all memorized. In the same way, I hardly know any of the people behind a lot of films a lot of the time. I have to go and look it up, and I may not remember that, because it's so easy to get. I don't need mm-hmm. to remember it anymore. My my brain is already determined. Like You could look this up whenever you need it. It'll be there at a moment's notice. There's always cell signal and internet connection. And so I don't need to memorize all these things anymore. And I think that's kind of the same thing that's happening in a lot of different places. So so here's here's here's, here's something funny. So um, the guy who... So I don't... God, fucking now I don't remember if it's a fucking name. Now, and this, now I'm, I'm giving there you, you an idea. There you go. So like, so like, for example... I know a lot of fucking, you know, fucking movie trivias and shit like that. But you know, but like, there's there's certain people that I know that were cast or, or crew on specific movies. Like case in point, I know that the director of photography on Raising Arizona was just remember now was Barry Sonnenfeld. Mm-hmm. Barry Sonnenfeld is a Coen Brothers like he's a Coen Brothers like prodigy. And Barry Sonnenfeld went on to direct Men in Black and Men in Black 2. Oh, wow. Yeah, and the yeah. Adams Family movies, the first two movies. Adams Family, Adams Family Values. Uh yeah, yeah. Okay. So he was but he was originally he was the cinematographer for the Coen brothers. But that's because I watched the movies and I remember the names and I see like like Jan DeBont was the director for Speed, and his uh he was the uh, he was a director of photography for fucking. Uh, his director of photography was uh, Joel Schumacher. Dude, I'm gonna take you to like a, a movie. Night. You know, Yandabot was Yandabot was the director of photography for the first Die Hard movie. FYI. Oh shit. 
You know, like that's the kind of shit I remember. Like I remember there's an actor, um, there's an actor, the actor from The Professional, um, Danny Aiello. I know oh, that yeah. his I know that his son is a famous stuntman. Danny Aiello the third. Because he would come up on movies as stuntman. But you know, it's funny because because like we said, like like for your instance, you grew up with the internet. Like you said, you had that information readily available, but you don't remember mm-hmm. because you have it readily available. You just, right. I don't have to remember it anymore. But when Elias and I were growing up, there were we didn't have that. So we had to remember certain people, certain aspects. From your news clippings. From news clippings, encyclopedias. Magazines. And yeah. Magazines, shit like that, dude. Like, Back you know, when the Britannica was a, a yeah. valuable you item. Would, if, you were, if you were rich, you, would, you had a fucking Britannica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you were had a world book. Yeah, mine was like fucking. They were still debating whether man was evolved from monkeys or not in the fucking encyclopedias I had. <laughs> and, and, and you guys probably, probably, uh, I think uh, would relate with this, but uh, I thought it was cool whenever we happened to get a free copy of National Geographic because uh-huh. there was something like, oh, they gave us a free issue this year, and this is this is the one I get to read. I had, I had, I had, a, I had a subscription for one year. My dad got it for me for my birthday. Yep. And I, as, as as a hot-blooded um, American yeah. boy, I always cherished that one episode, that one issue where it was ladies with boobs out. African I mean, titties. I, was, <laughs> not even gonna lie, dude. Every oh, every red-blooded American male knows that that there's always one every year. So I mentioned <laughs> that I grew up with the internet. I never had to face that problem. Oh, buddy, <laughs> buddy, that. And then of course, when we were in high school, we always cherished. The famous annual Victoria's Secret uh, facts episode, the uh, Victoria's Secret uh, Christmas uh, issue, because our dads or our parents would get an issue in the mail, and it was always, and of course, the queen of the '90s was, of course, uh, Stephanie Seymour. Yes, Axel Rose's ex-wife, the one who was in uh, November Rain November video. Rain. Oh my. Oh, I mean, unbelievable. She was the OG. She was the OG, man. She was on every fucking cover of Victoria's Secret. Every cover, dude. You know what? Since you are an internet baby, Derek, look Mm -hmm. her up. You will be surprised. Stephanie Seymour, Victoria's Secret. You'll be like... Classic beauty. Woo, beautiful. Gorgeous woman. Gorgeous woman. But But like you said, dude, like going back to what we're talking about, I mean... The way the internet is now and the way things are going, I mean, you're, you're it's just gonna, like that's going to happen, dude. You're going to get a notification. Like, even if you're not famous, eventually it's going to get to a point where they're just going to find out who their family is and they're going to send that notification to you. Hey, your your father passed away. Yeah, you're 23 oh, yeah. and me is going to tell you, yep, deceased, or they're going to cross deceased. the line out. On exactly. Your Something like that. It's going to be crazy, dude. It's going to be nuts. She's just, stunning. Yeah, she's beautiful. She, she was gorgeous, dude. I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen her recently, but I'm sure it's she's funny. still great. Because in she's the eighties, aging very gracefully. There's yeah. there's an eighties, the eighties hot from back then. It just a lot of those women don't hit today. No. But Stephanie Seymour, just the way she was built, the way she had her hair, it was just like like Cindy Crawford, the same thing. I'll never she still looks a, good. Summer she's of ninety one, the commercial she was Kathy of her, Ireland. Kathy Ireland, Kathy Ireland. Was good too. The summer of ninety one, the, the Pepsi commercial when they changed the label on Pepsi, and she drives up in was a it Lamborghini. Her? No, that was I Cindy Crawford. Oh, Cindy Crawford, yes. And she drives up in the yellow Lamborghini to the. Um, to the vending machine to buy yes. uh, Pepsi. And that to me has a, forever been burnt into my brain. Um, it was a Super Bowl commercial. Probably. It was, no, it was a Super Bowl commercial. It came out, uh, it was in, it was in 91? I think it was 90. 91, 92, something like that. 
I think it was, and I, sorry, I think it was the, I think it was Bills Cowboys, either Bills Redskins or Bills Cowboys, one of the two. Bills somebody, right? <laughs> yeah, Bills somebody. At that point, it was Bills somebody. And I think it was Bills Redskins. I think it was the Bills Redskins. At one point in the late nineties, there were websites just dedicated to the Super Bowl commercials. Oh they, yeah, they collected oh, all yeah. the snippets, and you'd wait for them it to was be great. uploaded. Like it wasn't YouTube. Later. It wasn't YouTube. <laughs> it wasn't YouTube, dude. Oh, oh my well, I still think so. So to the point, I think it's really awful that a civil servant thought that this was okay. I don't think that's appropriate. Um, I feel like it. It. I'm sure for, it was. A, he made a nice paycheck. Unless you, I feel like unless you are actually, unless it is a publicly known civil servant who passes, it is probably up to the family to decide if everyone, anyone ever knows. So if it, if it's an ex president, if it's you know a, a prominent congressman that's now you know retired or whatever, that kind of thing, I feel like you're a civil surgeon, servant, and you know we obviously want to know if our current or past presidents have passed. Um, I think the public is entitled to it eventually know those things, but everything else is up to the family. I, I think what has, but I, but I mean honestly, it sucks. It's not great. It's not a good look, but. It's not illegal. I think it should be. That's the oh, no, no. I'm not saying it shouldn't be. I'm just saying, I'm, and, and we can't force that. That has to be some internal rule that has to be given. We got know, other things that with we that organization. But yeah, but I mean, that's something that has to be internally for whoever that first responder was, whether it was an ambulance driver or a cop or, or a fireman, whoever, rescue, whoever it was, it has to be an internal rule within them. But it's not illegal which is what we're talking about here. It's not illegal for them to give out that information. And right. if they get paid for that information, that's still not illegal. It's not good. It's it's pretty fucking, you know, uh, cold and, you know, but that's still an opinion. And, and that person that person still got paid. So And if it wasn't TMZ, it's going to be CNN. If it wasn't CNN, exactly. it'll be some other dumpster dumpster what, news cycle. Because someone's going to yeah. someone's going to put out that first and TMZ's always going to want to be the first one to do it. Because no, TMZ. I mean, to to be clear, I don't I think it's a little bit grimy that TMZ, TMZ did it, but it, it was grimy for anyone to do it and the point I guess I'm making is that it, they shouldn't be allowed to be in charge of making that decision. True. But that's you know, if, but if that if, is if that is their their option. If it wasn't an option for them to make, then we'd, they wouldn't have to make it. But that is up to the organization of the first responder to yeah. have them have that conversation with them and say, "Hey, these are our rules. You cannot do this until we ha- until we at least have an opportunity in the first twenty four hours to contact the family." Right. But if they don't have that rule. I mean, honestly, maybe even they, they, they do have that rule. Who knows? And this person just took it upon themselves. But then they have to find out who that is. And that's going to be tough. That's mm-hmm. going to be tough. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So anyways, uh, let me go ahead and move on to something. Uh, you gentlemen, uh, of course, we all know on the podcast, we're all we all play video games, you know, <laughs> to a certain degree. Uh, so we Slave know. Slaving away at Tears of the Kingdom, I mentioned before. Yes, you, you, you are. And I've, I've been playing, uh, as I said, I've been playing fucking F-099. Everybody in the world, if you uh, love F-0 as I do, it's amazing. But I digress. Uh, the aspect of the new Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Now, I've played the most recent Modern Warfare 2 game, which is a reboot of the original Modern Warfare 2. Okay, 
So and it's and it's supposed to because uh, for about two or three games, Call of Duty went off. They didn't do the campaigns. They just mm-hmm. were doing strictly multiplayer. Okay. And, and honestly, I didn't. And I honestly, I didn't like it. I'm not a big fan. I love the campaigns on Call of Duty. I love the campaigns because they're they're just so good. The storylines are great. The action scenes are amazing, and I just prefer it. I prefer it because I never get the game on the outset, and I don't want to spend two hundred dollars fucking outfitting my guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because one, if you don't get the game on, like it used to be the case, if you didn't pay for it. If you don't get the game from the jump, you're already behind the eight ball because you're going to have to try and build your character, build your guy up and try to get to at least the level 10 to start really touching base on shit. And it takes you so long to get those kills because everybody who's already had it for a month, say, or a week even. They've already been playing 24 hours a day and they've, they've, they're past that point. They're way that, past Yeah, that. it's definitely one of those games where if you don't buy it at launch and have it pre-downloaded, you're already losing. You're, you're already, yeah. Now, on top of that, if you don't already put down at least 50 to 100 bucks into that game to start for the, the guns and the skins and the fucking levels and all that kind of shit, then yeah, you're already at another level of a disadvantage. Right. Because... Because if you start from scratch, you're going to work hard. You're going to slog through it. But if you're committed enough, you can you can get to a point you're good within a week or two. And that's but, after, of course, having you know paid for the game and expansion yes, packs. And yes, all and, all, and, and, getting standard. Your, and not only that, getting your ass handed to you day in and day out by people who put in like 100, who dropped a C-note. To at least start off with the I, game. I love watching those highlight videos where people just like <laughs> massacre like 20 people. Yes. One guy. And it's like, how do you do this shit? Because they, they start off with, they start, you, you, you're, you're, you already start at a disadvantage if you don't drop a hundred bucks in that game. On a hundred percent. But that's why I get the game. I do the campaigns now with the new one. Because I have the new, the last Modern Warfare. And it was great. Great campaign. I loved it. So the new one is coming out soon, Modern Warfare 3, which is a continuation of the story in Modern Warfare 2. And uh, there is a lot of talk about it because recently they found out how much SSD space you're going to need if you want to <laughs> on the computer side, on the computer side. Yeah, on for the, the computer, PC game. For the PC game. So if you want full res capability, Multiplayer and campaign, you better it's have enough be space. It's gotta be over four hundred. It's gotta be over four hundred. No, actually, you're 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 shooting high, but you're about you're, it's close. It's well, it's about half that. It's two hundred and thirteen gigs. Oh well, some of their older ones were were over that. They've had yeah. like in the two seventies before. Yeah, so it's two hundred thirteen <laughs> gigs. But I mean, but nowadays you can do a lot more with less. Well, and and mind you, um, if you it, that's that's even a bigger issue if you're on a console because now you're. You can't upgrade a lot of those. No, <laughs> like so, you get yeah. high with what it has, and so, I mean, so yeah. So the, the the thing was the, the thing in the article was talking about how like if you want to do the multiplayer game on the cheap with no high res, okay, you're still looking at eighty gigs, just on the multiplayer, just on the multiplayer. If you go, if you do, if you do the 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 the, the, the campaign, just the campaign, no high res, you're talking one hundred and fifty gigs. Just on the campaign to download, so both you're looking at about two thirteen 
on high res. I mean, this is nuts. Nuts. Here's the thing. Um, and I say that too often, but the, the reality is that if you can play the same game on the same hardware at a lower resolution, that's fine. I'm yeah. okay. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's what I did with Jedi, um, Jedi survivor. Cause they have the photo mode and it was fucking great. The game is still amazing. Is that like a 4k capability or? Yeah, there's a um, and 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 it's they've actually patched it recently, so you can actually do more with it. Like Goody has it, and he, I, I lent it to him, and he downloaded the new patch for it on PS5, and it's smooth as fuck now. It's like it's like a Cyberpunk 2077 now is, versus when it came out. <laughs> versus when it came out, when we were talking about it. Remember with yeah. Goody on the yeah. show versus when it came out. Now that game on PS5, even the PS4 version. On PS5 is unbelievable. It's amazing. The new the new DLC for that game is like a whole other game. We we like can't Idris get onto this subject though. Because no, no, I know we can't. About... Anyways, anyways, but yes, uh... that's Modern Warfare Three. It's it's people are going kind of nuts over it because it's it's a Infinity Ward. I mean, it's. I do. Th- I do want to commend them, though. If if all I have to sacrifice is resolution, and I can play the same game with all the same functions and features and maps and you know story plot and all of that stuff, and I can save some storage and somehow be able to get this game on a lesser equipped ma- uh, machine, go for it. That's that's great for me. If I can reduce my resolution, reduce the quality of those assets, I think that's totally cool. And it's probably something that we ought to be demanding of these game developers because there's a lot of time. Hello? Yeah, sorry, you muted by, by mistake. What's it? You, is it a lot of what? Did you hear about the thing that happened on uh, Mortal Kombat on Switch? Oh no! The poor resolution, so, right? Oh, the poor so resolution. Yes. They they basically you know release the trailer and and it looks phenomenal and all these different things and it turns out that it's on a machine that most people don't have, um, and and it certainly doesn't even have the possibility of ever remotely coming close to that quality on the Switch, and you know we've talked a lot before and I've mentioned this like the the hardware that is within the Switch that keeps it running. It's not particularly power powerful. The, the, the processor is 10 years old now, right? And the, the console has already been out, what, six years, something like Since that? 2017, yeah. So, so it was four years old when they released it. And that usually doesn't bode well, right? You know, like, for example, with the new uh, PlayStation 5, they went with a brand new platform that had never been used before. It was cutting edge, and it still has lots of longevity to go. The same way with Xbox. And, you know, PC, of course, you can do lots of upgrades and all those kind of things. But people who buy a Switch are buying it and and thinking that they're going to get the same experience because, you know, I get to play Modern Warfare. I get to play Mortal Kombat. I get to play Mario as well, which I can't do anywhere else. And yet... That's not really the truth. And, and you know, historically, I think in my opinion, I've, I've noticed how Switch likes to target their demographic for different uh, aspects, things that they can shine in, things like higher quality of a storytell or higher quality of a gameplay. And it's not 
graphics. It's not, you know, visuals. And that's just not where they shine. That's fine because they put out bangers like the new Mario game or, you know, Smash Brothers or Mario Kart or Zelda, you know, all of these great games do a great job, but they're not visually stunning the same way that we look at, you know, cyberpunk, nope. for example. No. And that, that kind of crap, it, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And I, I would, so my point being, I would commend them for, you know, giving the option to reduce resolution, reduce asset quality and be able to get, you know, the same experience for, for somebody who maybe has a lesser PC. I'm know? just hoping for whatever, in regards to the switch too, if it ever, if we ever do that, if it ever gets to that point where, where we figure that part out, I, I hope that Nintendo does something in regards to that aspect of where they're doing like what PS5 did with cutting edge graphics and processors. I don't know if they're doing that with Switch 2, mm. but we'll see what's up. I mean, it's I, I will say that it's definitely within their power. They um, could definitely, they could do it. They could do they it if they wanted to. Well, and here's the thing. They're they in a unique the position. They're, they're in a unique position right now because the current Switch model can run the games on it that, that it has really well. I will admit that, you know, I have one of the original models of the Switch and I so play I. Tears of the Kingdom and there are absolutely times that it lags or glitches just a little bit. And if I take a moment, pause and just stare at a scene for a moment, it'll clean itself up and it runs. And I'm, I'm very pleased with the way it runs, especially for its age. But that offers the opportunity for them to maintain this appliance as a step down appliance for the next four or five years. They can continue to sell the current Switch even when a new one comes out. And with that, if they bring out the Switch 2 and it's at a higher cost, more modern, faster, better resolution, all the things that we're asking about, I would pay a premium for it. I think they I tested it with current... the OLED. I think the OLED was a test for that, just that same scenario. Well, and, and that's kind of part of it, right? Because the OLED was, what, 50 bucks more or something like that? Yeah. And they've kept the original console at about the $300 mark, I think, is where I bought it. And, and people and are still so buying it. You still buy it, and it still is worth that price. They're Absolutely. Very strategic moves. I mean, when you so think about they, the Switch also, you, you're talking, yes, old technology, but you're talking something robust. You're talking something that's going to be in the hands of a five- or four-year-old kid all the way up to a grown man like you and Tom and, and Tomas. So mm -hmm, you've mm -hmm. got to build something that's robust. It's going to drop on the floor. Shit, my son finally torched his a year ago after like five years of gameplay. So I understand why they want to limit themselves to tried and true technology and not venture into a newer realm like with PlayStation with I mean, unknowns. I mean, Nintendo's always been the, I guess you could always say, they've always been the slow to change player. The slow adopter, yeah. Slow adopter because they, I mean, they've been around the longest. They've been around well over 100 years, Nintendo, in one I form mean, or another. And they have, they've got a leg up on all of the major consoles right now, PC gaming wasn't big back when we had, you know, the original uh, Super Nintendo. They designed, I want to say, yeah, it was the GameCube. Initially started as a project co-partnered with Sony. And Sony backed yes. out, right? Yes, it was supposed to be, the, the way the PlayStation 1 is... Mm -hmm. Was was good. Was supposed to be the the, the next level after the um, Super Nintendo. Game. Oh, oh. Before the GameCube, it was supposed after the to sixty four. So after no, 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 no. So before, before no, sorry, before the sixty four. Before mm. the sixty four, they were supposed to have a. It was supposed to be a CD ROM based video game system, and then Sony backed out 
or Nintendo backed out. One of the two backed out. Somebody, mm-hmm. something happened, and they backed out. And then Sony's like, "Fuck it, we'll just do it our own." And that was the Sony PlayStation. So the Sony PlayStation was essentially supposed to be the next Nintendo. There's well, and, whole, then, and that came and long after we that. had that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, they they had all of that. Uh, they had that. I'm going to say jump start or or head start ahead of Sony. And we all know that Xbox came much, much later, right? Yeah. And so Xbox has made huge moves, and there's a lot to be said about them just kind of being able to throw money at it, handed by Microsoft. But it's it's paying off now. They're they're paying very well, and and it's it's a leading uh, console, right? It, it in no way really lacks behind any of the others, um, you know, except for the few things that Switch can do and Nintendo can do. So my point being, if they kept the current Switch, at, you know, 250 or 300 for another few more years and then launched the Switch 2, which is likely to come next holiday season. Yeah, that actually. that device being a premium. I mean, I'm talking like 400, 450. I'd probably pay it as long as it backs, you know, what what they what I expect of them, what I'm, I'm hoping they'll bring, you know, standard OLED, much more processing power. I want higher quality graphics. You know, I want better, you know, ergonomics because holding the switch, it's really not all that enjoyable. You really want to dock it a lot of the time. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, I have some news. Do we want to transition? Yeah, let's go yeah. to the next one. So right. we know uh, we talked about it a little bit while back, and now that the the WG, WGA strike has been settled, you know, lots of folks are back to work, and all those things are kind of moving um, with a lot of problems resolved. But did you guys hear about the stuff that Drew Carey was doing during the strike? No. So this freaking floored me. So we we all know Drew Carey, you know, from, you know, his many many things he's done who's not who's line one is anyway was a big show. He did the Drew Carey show. He also does uh what is it is it uh prices right? Is yeah, he's a he's, he's the host. He's the host. He took over for Bob Barker. Yeah. So so he's done he's done a lot of really good things and I I uh I, I appreciate him, you know, gener- g- uh, generally as as a comedian, but turns out that he was backing his WGA folks. So it turns out that during the strike he was subsidizing meals at two key restaurants. I think they were in LA. Um, ongoing. You could go there three times a day, show your WGA member card, and he would pay for your meal. And so he just racked up a bill as much as $10,000 a week. Over that many months, they're estimating it's close to a total of about $400,000 that he shelled out during the strike to keep people fed because we know a lot of the, those people on the strike obviously weren't making money. They obviously didn't have ways to make ends meet and keeping people fed, I would say is God's work. Right. So oh, yeah. this, this I thought was so he, cool and awesome for him to do. He's a good he, old Midwest boy, man. He is amazing. He's an amazing person. He's dude. Okay. On, 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 on the side, he is so rich. He's so fucking rich, dude. He shits so much money. So he's a, he's he took over for Bob Barker. Mm-hmm. He's had the Drew Carey show, which he wrote also on the show. He also had Who's Lands Anyway, which was his way of bringing that forum into the states. Because and he and when he left the show, he still was the executive producer, so he was still making money on the show. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it still held its quality after he wasn't oh, yeah. on the, wasn't the host. I should oh, yeah. And I, mean, it's, I, don't, I don't even know. Is it still going on? I don't even think the show is still going on. I think they still do oh. a tour. I think they tour. Everybody from the show tours together still. They do like a tour every year, like about like 10 or 12 shows every year. 
uh, what's it called? The uh, Brian Ryan or whatever the guy, the tall dude, uh, the guy with the glasses. Uh, what's his name? The 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 the, the black guy. Uh, what was his name? Um, oh, uh, is I Wayne don't know Brady any of their names, names, but they're all Wayne like, Brady. Wayne Brady. Brady. Wayne Brady. Wayne Brady. And uh, then there's that guy with the bald dude. And it's on. I, I just know those guys. Uh, uh, but they they were always on the show. But then, um, then of course, then on top of that, like I said, he's he's the host of the Process of Right, which is he makes a ton of money there. And then he does, of course, his Vegas shows. Still in production, still releasing episodes in season nine. Yes, and he's still and he and he, and he has his Vegas shows. He still does shows in Vegas because he has he has a residency, I think, at one those, of the casinos. I, Here we go, Ryan uh, Styles. Ryan Styles. There you go, Ryan Styles. Greg, Greg Prost. Colin Mockery. Colin Mockery and then something Prost. Uh, but he, well, those are the only folks other than Wayne Brady that are listed as uh, regular recurring. Regulars. Well, there was another guy there that who, who he. I have him. I follow him on Twitter. But anyway, so but yeah, no, I mean like he he. And on top of that, then outside of that, he's also uh, owner. If not, I don't know how much of an owner he is, but he's an owner of the Seattle Sounders MLS team. Oh wow! You know. Yeah, he's really got all kinds of stuff going on. So he's got he's got a whole mess of shit going on. He was dude. a marine. I didn't even know that. Yeah, no, dude. The first time I, I I will never forget the first time I saw Drew Carey. I saw him on the. He became famous the way that comedians become starting out become famous. And what's that? Do you guys remember what that is? Is it the wait wait? Is it the where's that place that? Uh, the Laugh House, Laugh Factory. The Laugh House, no, 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 the no, Laugh no, Factory, no, no, no. comedy. It's on TV. Oh, SNL. No, Johnny Carson. Oh, oh shit. He, I first time I saw him, he was on the Johnny Carson show, and the only way you were famous, you got famous from the Johnny Carson show, is after you did your routine. If Johnny liked you, he called you over to sit down. That's oh. when you knew that if you killed it and Johnny liked you and he called you to the couch, that's it. You're done. Your life has changed at that moment. And that's exactly what happened. First time I saw Drew Carey, it was he showed up on Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson's like a young new comic. Bring him out. Drew Carey. And he came out and he fucking killed it. I, I remember watching it with my brother with Goody. He, I, we laughed out loud laughing. And right when he was done, he made Johnny Carson laugh so much. Johnny Carson was like, hey, come on over. And he sat down for like, and it's like a two-minute segment. And it's it's enough time where they can talk for a few minutes. He gives them the time. Or if he doesn't like them, they'll go to commercial right away. Or if he didn't yeah. do anything, they'll go to commercial. It, even, it says that exactly in November 91. 91, bro. Rare, yes. rare honor for any comedian to be called back yes. to the desk. Yes, and that's exactly what happened. And I was like, what the... F-? I mean, I didn't know that it was important at that point. I've known, like, since then. But I remember watching it, and I was like, this guy is so funny, dude. He was so funny. He had this, like, Steve... He's had, like, this, this like, Susan, this Suzanne Summers joke that was amazing. I mean, I laugh out loud thinking about and it. Too. Another rip moment, right? Suzanne Summers oh, just recently Suzanne passed Sa- away. Yes, another RIP moment. And then today, they announced that Bobby Knight had passed away, too. Man. Well, my point being, I think it was great that he did this. I think it's amazing. Even, He's it's, awesome. It's awesome that he's an awesome um, human being. 
he wasn't very public about it. Most people didn't uh, really know that this was happening other than other WGA workers who were just, you know, shouting his praises from the rooftops about all the great things that he was doing for them during this hard time. He didn't even address it publicly until late September. So I thought that was really awesome because he wasn't, he was clearly not looking for the fame. He hasn't, nope. he did, all he did when he addressed it was a tweet, right? So that wasn't even like, press conference or or you know on some kind of news you know feature or anything like that so good on him i'm glad for you dude for real dude for real for real um i you got something else yeah i got another two for it's it's a kind of a two in one so um you know we mentioned a while back about uh miyazaki and his final film you know the the (laughs) boy and the heron right surprisingly enough it's not gonna be his final film The movie had been out for like two weeks before he came back. Is it this movie's given me a lot of really good ideas? I think I'm ready to do another one. We'll yeah. have some more coming on that soon. <laughs> have you got to see it? Have you got it? When is it coming out? In uh, the States? I, I haven't I haven't kept up with it. I do plan to watch it. I just haven't even checked I'll to see if it's available. I'll, I'll look I'll look on the internet, the interwebs, as they say. Interweb. Go ahead. Um, so so anyway he says you know i'm this is my final film and then two weeks later he's like i got some great ideas for another film and then literally one week later from him saying that he's got some great ideas for a new film studio ghibli is being acquired by nippon tv holy shit so so they're talking about you know transitioning ownership over to nippon is a a a japanese uh, television um i guess company or whatever um Like like abc Kind Basically, yeah, yeah, and and for folks that aren't uh, so Japanese people don't call themselves Japanese people. They call them from their name. Their country is not called Nippon. Japan to them. They it's call Nippon. it Nippon. It's Nippon. So this is basically saying it's Japan TV publications kind of thing. Um, and so yeah, they're in talks about trying to acquire it. Um, and and so I'm sitting here thinking like we went from getting our very last film ever to lots of more content coming to television soon. <laughs> <laughs> And you know what? I'm down for it because they they really haven't had any misses. Even their you know depressing films, which you know we've talked about uh, the Grave of the Fireflies before, and 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 they, even those have a lot to appreciate. Fortunately, you know uh, atrocities like what was that Galactic Railroad movie? It was not from <laughs> a Night on the Galactic Railroad. Night on the Galactic. It's not a Ghibli film, so we know that there are other really great ones. Oh, and it says Tomas found special screenings will start uh november 22nd which is in three weeks from today yeah how, uh, as thanksgiving, recording. Week. thanksgiving week thanksgiving. and then worldwide release will be uh well uh u.s wide release will be yes. december 7th december 7th yeah because it's already in japan and it's killing it in japan mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so which, i mean I- i'm surprised that they waited that long because if there is any other country that soaks up anime more than you know most aside from japan it's america it's america um and then probably i think next is probably somewhere in uh like south america or or, or, uh south america's got a whole lot of uh, anime interests in brazil and whatnot but anyway yeah i thought that was kind of a good two for like not only are we getting more film from him but lots more film (laughs) Yeah, apparently, yeah. No, I mean, and so sticking with Japan, we've we've done a lot. We've talked about a lot of Japan and Nintendo too. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a quick note before we move on to the refill portion of the episode. Uh, on November 9th, uh, I believe it's November 9th. I'll check. I'll confirm that. But uh, the last, yeah, November 9th, 
the I don't know if you guys are Mario Kart 8 enthusiasts as well as I am. I'm dabbled. <laughs> um, if you have the online portion of uh, Nintendo Switch, if you're in the online aspect, you have and you own the Mario Kart game, you have access to the quote unquote booster courses. Oh. Now, Oh, oh. Derek, may, Derek may have to re-up his online membership again. Oh, do I have to have that crap? I won't you do You do have to have it. You ha- Oh, Fuck it's so that. worth it, though. It's so worth it. Subscription. Nope. It's so worth it. It's so You don't have to go crazy. You don't have to get the huge one. But if you get the regular one, like I have the big one. Like I have the, I have all of them. I have the fucking Genesis. I have the fucking, I pay, I just, I just re-upped my $80 membership like the other fucking day. No, but see, I already bought the game. That should be it. No, okay? no, 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 no. You can no, charge no. me for an expansion, no, 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 but no, no, not no, a monthly this fee. Is, this is the expansion for, so the booster course packs are, is an additional, is a whole other, uh, like a circuit. So you have, you know, you have like the uh, sunflower circuit and the, all those things. You know, so, it's, so it's like usually it. different sets of, of courses, right? Exactly. So the booster course back is another whole set of courses, which are courses that are from other games as well as new courses. Okay. And so the last update of the booster course pack is coming out on November 9th. Okay. It's a DLC. It's the only DLC on Mario Kart. And you get it for free by having the online membership, FYI. And what's coming as long out? As I can buy it separate. I'll do it. Uh, they don't sell separate. You have to do the online membership because sorry, you know, Nintendo, it's fucking fuck smart right as off. fuck, and it's amazing. It's amazing. It's, it's worth it. It's worth it, bro. The booster course pack, the last one is coming out, and the the tracks that are included. Uh, hold on. Where does it say? It's um wave six. It's called wave six because they've had six waves in the last year and a half to two years. There's been six waves, and this is the wave six, and it it it, it brings the new acorn and spiny cups, which I have no idea what that is, which are four new tracks apiece. So it's eight new tracks coming out in this new wave. Okay, all right. Favorites like DK Mountain from Mario Kart Double Dash, uh, the Wii's Wii's Mario Kart Daisy Circuit, but the big one is Rainbow Road from the Wii. Which was an amazing track, fantastic track. With updated, you know, graphics. you know, With you updated might, graphics. You might have had a shot at my money if they had done a Mario movie tr- uh, series, because the Mario movie had some really cool shit that they put into it, and I would have paid for that. <laughs> You're such an idiot. Well, they went on Rainbow Road. They were on Rainbow they Road. They do, but there's, you know, there's been ten different Rainbow Road courses over the many epi- many games, and and the the Mario Kart that I already have has like many of them. It's got three <laughs> or four of them. <laughs> but yes, the Booster Course Pass. If you have it, if you have it online, get. Make sure you download the new Booster Course Pack. It comes out November 9th. It's well worth the cost of admission. Well yeah. worth the money for at least at least a year, dude. Just get it for the fucking year. What the fuck are you gonna do? What and else are you not, gonna do, bro? I'm gonna keep playing Tears of the Kingdom. I'm already like out hundred hours, two hours, two hundred hours deep in it, and I've still got many to mets to do. I'm good. We'll I'm sure your son will love you playing that game because Tears of the Kingdom is probably boring for him. He's like, oh, look at all the colors. 
We'll be posting a GoFundMe page for Derek later on. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Look, it's not it's not a lack of funds, although I do appreciate this. It's gonna be called it's why gonna, not? It's Inflation gonna be called, is real, it's gonna, dude. <laughs> it's gonna be called it's gonna be called Derek's Derek's Mario Kart penis page. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope I really hope that's against the GoFundMe terms. Embarrassing. <laughs> I didn't know that was your time, by the way. I just learned that. I didn't know day. either. My daughter says it all the time, yeah. and I'm just like, I like who he said that. Yeah. Mind you, FYI, uh, on a side note, if you've heard the new Drake album, which I forgot what it's fucking called because it's absolutely forgettable, it's the shittiest album I've heard in so fucking long. It's so bad that uh, who was it? Uh, one of the fucking DJs um from New York, from the old New York, one of the old New York DJs was like, "This album sucks." <laughs> like he like he all of a sudden got beef from fucking on on with like he has okay that DJ um hold on hold on hold on I'll, I'll find out the fucking DJ. He was in a uh oh my god he had a song. My God, now I'm fucking losing it. Oh, Joe Budden. It was Joe Budden. Joe Budden, who hasn't had an album, and mostly now he's famous for like a podcast he has, yeah. a hip-hop podcast that he has. It's gotten like really big. He makes a lot of money off that podcast now. But supposedly on the podcast, he talked about the new Drake album, and now he's got beef with Drake. Like Drake's got beef with him because apparently the, the album was shit. And I heard the album, dude, it sucks so hard. It's so bad. I was like, I listened to like four songs and I fought. And you gave up. And I was like, I can't listen to this anymore. It's so terrible. Because I just think, I think at a certain point, dude, if you're an artist, dude, you need to like, don't spread yourself so thin. Like he pumps out so much content and it just does not get good after a while. One of the things, like I think that he tries to stay relevant with the current generation. Yes. You've already evolved. You're in your 30s and 40s. You're a dad. Ice Spice costume that he came out with yesterday. Yeah. And, and then you're you're trying to sing to this other bullshit with the younger generations. I will. I, I am a on a Peso Pluma uh, kick <laughs> and Bad Bunny. Dude. Oh. Dude, There's Peso a reason why a lot of artists don't release everything they make. No, but he releases everything. I I sure hope he he is because if this is the best of what he's got. And he's holding other things back, <laughs> bro. I just don't know, man. Like Peso Pluma and fucking Bad Bunny. I mean, I can't, I can't complain. Dude, those guys. I have a newfound respect for that Mexican genre, whatever they call it, um, with the instrumentals. Fucking awesome, awesome, awesome. What ran- the ranchero? Peso, yeah, the ranchero stuff with Peso Pluma, uh, the Lady Gaga, and uh, something Las Noches or something like that. Amazing. Yeah, I'm kind of doing the same with uh, a band called Duelo. They're very I heard good. about Duelo. Yeah, Duelo's good. Very, very good stuff. Very good yeah, stuff. Bro, if, if, if you're into listening to music that um, maybe you're not fluent in, but it's very good. Just yeah. give it a shot, dude. You never know, dude. Like my 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 cousin Douglas. Shout out to Douglas if he listens to this. Sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. But my cousin Douglas, he's told me about Duelo. He's told me about. Peso Pluma and and yeah man I mean he he listens to a lot of that stuff too and he's as white as the driven snow. <laughs> thing I think I, I think it's I'm, great. I'm getting well, he's, well, he's half Cuban, half white. I mean like I'm I mean he's, he's my cousin so he's half Cuban. I'm half Cuban, half Puerto Rican. He's half Cuban, half white. And and but yeah he loves that kind of shit like ranchero music, all that shit. Banda, 
He loves it. He's all about it. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm kind of entering a phase or a season of, because I feel like a lot of music that's really, really great music is nowadays it seems it's almost inherently very upbeat, very fast, very energizing. And there's lots of good music that's a little bit more mellow. Like and that's kind of that's kind of what I need is sometimes like I need good music for all times of the day. And there are times sometimes I just want something I can chill out to. Right. Other than like lo-fi music, which I don't know if you guys are into that. But that's yes. Great. I know lo-fi. Yeah, it's great. Great. But um, yeah, I need something with, you know, some lyrics and some ups and down and and and, and like Kendrick. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Kendrick but has a song for every mood. That's truth. I hear it. <laughs> you know what? That's a good point to end on, folks. Yes. All right, it's everybody. Break. It's time for the refill break. Go see Bad Man About Dog. Go uh, leak the lizard. Go fucking shake the dew off the lily. Do whatever you got to do. Go take a piss. Take a shit. We'll be back. 30 seconds for you. 45 for us. Bye. That's I a mean, great intro, man. That's iconic. I'm sorry. It is iconic. Well, we are back for the refill portion of the episode. It is, of course, the Border Boys Us. We're here to talk about the motion picture Police Academy. The first one, one of how many? Eight? Seven eight? or eight. Seven or eight. Something like that. It's just a, some godly number that does not need to be going that high. I think after five, they should have stopped. I was okay with five. Miami was the high. Miami, Miami, Miami was the peak. Assignment Miami Beach. You know what I mean? But all right, so before we get into the motion picture, um, let's talk about our drinks. Are we sticking with the same drinks? We have some of the different fellas. I just went straight for um bourbon on the rocks. Hmm? I just I, I was very little about it. I just I just went to a refill. Literally the nice. same drink. Lucky boot up. Lucky I love the fruit punch and rum, as you can see with my tongue. Uh folks at home, he's got a red. tongue that's red like everyone else's. Ah, <laughs> deeper, deeper red. Like and big apparently, red. there's only seven police academies. There's one through six, and six was in '89, but then they came back with a one Moscow. in '94 for Moscow. Oh, Moscow! That's right. The, I forgot the, about the Moscow. stats for that one are crazy. I think I shared it with you guys last week. Yeah, it's ten million dollar budget. And a hundred and twenty-six thousand dollars in revenue. For well, for that one. Oh wait, hold on. Okay, let's go back. Let's go and let's go. Let's get into the fucking. Let's go into the okay. stats before we go the, to the movie. The, the movie that we're actually talking about, not number seven. No, not number seven. Not number seven. Let's go to the. The first scene. one did the one that we're talking about today was four point five million dollar budget, okay. and the revenue was eighty-one million dollars. Jesus. All right, so. Talking about that, it is Police Academy, like we said, came out in 1984. Uh, it's uh, directed by somebody named Hugh Wilson, which I have never heard of that dude. But uh, he, he was the director on Blast from the Past. Oh. He wrote 
part of the screen bait play for down periscope. Um, the more recent Dudley do right. He was the director. Um, that was the one that had, uh, gosh, what's his name? Brandon, Brandon Fraser, Fraser in it. Yep. And then let's see what else. Well, is he big. also directed. He also, he wrote the story screenplay for down periscope. He was the writer for guarding test. Wow, dude. I, that's actually impressive. Actually. He's got some, he's got, he's some, got stuff. some cachet. He's got some he stuff. Some cachet, dude. He does have some cachet. Shit. A director. Screenwriter. Director, screenwriter. What was the first wives club? He, he wow. directed that one. That's the that one that crazy. had uh, uh, Goldie Hawn and Bette Midler and Diane Keaton, yeah, Maggie yeah. Smith, he, and Sarah Jessica Parker. Lots of lots of big names. And he's he got Miami ties. Yeah, he does have Miami ties. Born in Miami, went to the Gables High, and uh, then went to UF. Oh, he also played the president uh, via voice only in the movie called Guarding Tess. Yeah, with Nicolas Cage. Yeah, yeah. So that's crazy, dude. Oh wow, that's that's wild. Okay, all right. Well, it's, it's, he's done he's some stuff. Some, he's done, he's some, done stuff. some stuff. He's done some stuff. He's done some shit. All right. So he also uh, wrote wrote the screenplay. He wrote the screenplay for this movie mixture too, with uh, two other people named Neil Israel and Pat Proft. Yep. Uh, this movie stars uh, the great uh, D-list actor Stephen Gutenberg. Uh, D list, bro. Really? Is that <laughs> give him fucking D list? I'm gonna. All right, I'm gonna give him a C list. Give him C, C at least, bro. Uh, he's a C list actor. Uh, uh, he's a C list actor. I think he's got some good stuff. He did Short Circuit. He did. Right, he did um, a three and a, uh, th- three men and a little lady. Three men and a little baby. Yeah. Three men and a baby. Was he Short Circuit? Was he Short Circuit? Yeah, he, he was. was wow. um Oh, and Fisher whatever. Stevens. Yep, Fisher yep. Stevens. And then he also was in Oh, It Takes Two with the Olsen twins back in the day. Oh my God! Jesus Dancing Christ. with the Stars. He um, was he was uh, in Sharknado Four. Oh my God! Classic. Oh my God! Um, do you remember the movie Private Valentine, starring uh, Britney Spears? Absolutely no. not. Absolutely yeah, me, not. Oh, no, not Britney Spears. Jessica Simpson was the lead. I apologize. And uh, no, I didn't know that movie either. I'm trying to look for anything else big. Uh, Dude, he wasn't, he, there was a movie when I was a kid that I couldn't believe that it was just wild. Tower of Terror from 97. Yes, he was in that one. That's true. He was in that one. He was in a movie called, um, where was it? He played like this weird dude that got like... He was in the Big Green. He was in uh, what was it? Uh, he's in so many things, dude. So he's got things. a lot of a lot of work under his belt. I mean, he there's does. lots and he lots does. of films. He does. He does. There was a movie where I'm trying to remember the movie. Um, fuck, what was the movie? Was it the Boyfriend School? Yes, it was the Boyfriend School. He plays this guy. He couldn't get a girl. It's him and Jamie Gertz, which that's a blast from the past, Jamie Gertz. So it's him, Jamie Gertz, Kyle MacLachlan, and Shelley Long. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And it's called, they call it here the Boyfriend School, but it was originally, I saw it when it was Don't Tell Her It's Me. All right. And basically, he plays this dude who's like just a complete dork, and he decides to make himself look cool by... By buying a motorcycle, grow, having long hair, and then um, having a New Zealand accent because no one knows a New Zealand accent back then. They didn't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> so to make him sound like uh, like interesting and exotic, it's just a stupid fucking movie. Dude. My mom released? loved it. It was like in 95, I think it was. 
I mean, it was just a stupid fucking movie. And my mom absolutely loved it. Like, she loved the fucking movie. <laughs> but, like, as you can tell, my mom's taste. Like, she is not that great. But, yeah. <laughs> talk was, shit about your mom because you can't defend I mean, yourself. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, Maybe you praise her for being a film buff, for you being the film buff that you are because of her. Sometimes, but that's one of them where I'm just like, why, 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 why does that even happen to be in my memory? Oh my god! Came out in 1990. Came out in 1990. It was one of those HBO films that you know was whatever. But anyways, but he's okay, got a so, lot of films. Is the point? Oh gosh, does. I totally forgot uh, the men, three men and a baby. Did you say three that? men and a baby? Yeah, three that men was and a little lady. Yeah, three men film. and a little lady. Yeah, dude. So and also, there's a and in this movie we have uh, Kim Cattrall, mm-hmm. a young, a young Kim Cattrall, pre Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. Pre Sex in the City Ho. Pre Sex in the City Ho. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, we have a we have a. a, 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 a Tackleberry, whoever that, uh, young Michael Winslow, young Michael Winslow, uh, he played Larvell Jones, and then we also have uh, fucking Bubba Smith. Yeah, Bubba Talk about, Smith, uh, a presence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely a presence. He was, a, he was. A, who, who did he play for? He played for the Raiders, didn't he? Play for the Raiders? I think he played for the Raiders, dude. He, he I know he was a big, he was a big time football player before he was an actor. I mean, he was he's from famous. Beaumont. He is. Oh, shit. He's from Beaumont, Texas. That's, I mean, driving distance uh, within a day for me. Oh it's yeah, like, no, no, it's yeah. like two it's hours like, away, an hour away. away from Houston. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I used to drive to Beaumont for for work for like when I was when I was out there for work. I, I would go there to visit clients and shit, dude. He was born in Orange, Texas, way out there. Oh, that's oh, and that town is that's a small town, middle of nowhere, six foot seven. This dude. All, all, uh, it's it's one of those towns that's it's one of those towns still today that that like you have you either leave town or you stay and work for the oil company. Yep, yep. The natural yep. gas company. I think it's natural gas that's out there. Lots of uh, lots of energy out there. That's it. That's it. You either leave town or you stay and work for them. Like it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, but I think he he played for the who did he play for? I think it was the Raiders. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So apparently, before, and the Oilers. He played for the Oilers. Before he did Police Academy, he got greenlit for a show, <laughs> Bubba Until It Hurts, an exercise video filmed post NFL pre Police Academy, cemented his reputation as one of the sweetest men, big men of all time. <laughs> is that the reason that they they chose his career pre police academy to be a florist? I Maybe I, I don't. You catch that shit in the movie? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they even have they like, even what? have like some scenes of him like cutting flowers yeah, after they after they kick him out. Yeah, it's like so. So okay, FYI, like I said, we're, this is a movie police academy. We're gonna be jumping around a lot. This is the only R rated version of this show. This movie. Every other movie was PG thirteen or PG. I mean, they're probably the trying to broaden R-rated. their audience, I'd imagine. I'm sure it was. I mean, they made... Okay, so back to what we were saying. We're going to jump around, everybody. Uh, do we want to do alert. A, a preview or uh, a recap? Well, we, oh, yeah, well, finished, well, well, we didn't even talk about... Um, we haven't done the synopsis. Larvel <laughs> uh, Jones, who... Yes, Larvel Jones, he's Michael Winslow, which I've seen live. Huge, huge uh, presence in this film. Well-known uh, from this film. Yes, well-known. Well-known from this film, dude. And yeah, Marion Ramsey. 
married as the the soft-spoken girl who can't yell oh yeah uh uh, what's her name uh laverne hooks laverne hooks yeah she's great she's also a comedian yeah yeah and and she's uh she was she's done a lot of other stuff she's been on the jefferson show she's been on macgyver yeah the nanny 90210 family secrets lots of other stuff yeah there's a lot of everybody in this movie is they're all great character actors. If they're not famous already, they're great. Like G.W. Bailey, they play Lieutenant Harris. He's in a lot of stuff too. Yeah, I think he's actually yeah. passed away recently. But I, I mean, like he's in a lot of stuff. But yeah, yeah, for I, sure. I, I went ahead and watched the dinosaurs. Trailer. Do you remember oh, that show? Oh, yeah, I remember the dinosaurs, dinosaurs really? Yeah, he was he was in uh, oh, he was a voiceover in that one. He did Charlie's Angels, Ace Ventura. He's the he was in Short Circuit. He, he was in yep. Mannequin. I mean, Mash. He was in, Mash. He was. He's been a lot of shit. He's a. Star, he, he's a. He has a. He's. He was. He was on Star Girl, that recent uh, DC show. I mean, he's done. He's. He has. He has a hundred and three credits. Actually, he's still alive. Unfortunately, I, I apologize. He's still alive. He was in. He's. He did a lot. He's a hundred and three credits to his name. He was on. Every, he was on a hundred nine episodes of The Closer. So he was on The Closer for like so the entire much series. on here. Like Chips. You remember that show Saint Elsewhere before yes. Denzel was huge? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It was huge. Yeah. Yeah, he was in all of these. Yeah, dude, he's 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 done a lot of shit. He's also from Beaumont. Really? From Port Arthur. He's from Port Arthur. Oh wow! Right. Which is street. also that's like right down the way, dude. <laughs> he went to Lamar University in Beaumont. Yeah, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> my goodness. Oh my god, dude, that's crazy. I wonder if they. I wonder where they filmed this. There's no way it was somewhere Let's in see. Texas. They, no, no, no. They filmed this series. I think they filmed it like where they filmed the show. Somewhere on the East Coast, I bet. Oh no, they filmed it in Ontario, Canada. Mm. At Humber sure. College in Ontario, in Toronto. Or as they right. say in Canada, Toronto. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> All right. So back to back to the, the, the let's get back on track here, fellas. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's get back on track. Uh Derek, it's your movie or Elias, it's your movie. Please go over the synopsis for us, please. Please hold. Oh, no, gosh. Oh, God. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, dude. <laughs> I'm going to for rot- this. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. When the mayor of a crime-ridden city loosens the restrictions on entering the police academy in order to get more cops on the streets, all manner of all manner of oddball characters enlist to join the force. Among them are cadets with suave, our suave Carrie Mahoney, hulking Moses Hightower, beautiful Karen Thompson, and sound effects generating Larvell Jones. We'll have to show initiative and courage when they are faced with tough situations up out of out on patrol. Yeah, I, I think that it. that's good. Summarizes that's it. That's good. That's good. So I I will tell you this: in this movie, I hadn't seen this movie for a long time. I mean, I'm talking close to probably 50, 25, 30 years. I hadn't seen this movie in that long, and I forgot like half of what happened in this motion picture. Like I don't I, remember the intro. I, I saw I, the intro. I, I'm like, what movie is this? I yeah. know. I saw that too. And I was like, wait a minute. There was actually an intro in this movie? Like, I don't remember it at all. And I mean, it wasn't just that. It was just like, I have like hardly any notes, which is strangely enough, like, which I'm not unhappy about because. Both good and bad. <laughs> both good. It's, it's, it's like, it's kind of like a, it's more like a, huh. I don't know if I should really do notes because I mean it's not really like the movie's memorable as it is. It's not super deep. It's not not super deep. It's not. I mean, there's people in there, so I have a few notes. I have like two and a half pages worth of notes. I mean, that's basically what I have. 
Well, I mean, we're well, coming out of a wave of particularly deep films, right? Interstellar, yes, Count of Monte Cristo. We've also got Back to the Future LA coming, LA Confidential, and Hereditary. I mean, these are all pretty complicated films, and this one is not. <laughs> not, not in any way, shape, or form. I mean, there's it, this whole movie is basically just a bunch of bits all together. Like, yeah. It's all comedy bits strewn together. And it, the, the connecting tissue is Mahoney. And some of them hold up. They do. Some they of do. Them, not so, so much. Okay, so fair warning for everyone listening. This motion picture is highly, highly offensive for a lot of people, I think, nowadays if they watch it. Because they'd be like, because this movie, the way it is right now, you I don't know if you can make this movie nowadays. No, certainly not. I don't think you could. You'd have to change quite a bit of this motion picture for it to be a comedy. An, I mean, you well, could. Well, there's a lot of this comedy that doesn't. It. A lot of this comedy doesn't even hold up no. in, in in general because I think tastes have changed yeah. not only in the type of uh, the, the the humor that's acceptable, but also um, like slapstick doesn't go as far anymore. No, it doesn't. I mean, there's a reason why we've got a very different set of comedians on the horizon right now mm-hmm. that are that are absolutely hysterical. And I don't mean to disparage some of the historical comedians that we've got, but some of that stuff just wouldn't really appeal to today's audience. We're not in that that mood anymore, no, right? No, yeah, like I mean, like, I mean, okay, so so watch oh, this racial undertones. A lot. Oh, and under and overtones because there was, I mean, they didn't stop there. But I mean, it was. I mean, but that they, wasn't a prominent function until. Well, there was that intro scene. Johnson's. Johnson's as far as the eye could see. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and he only was, wanted, you know, a male, white, certain height task force, right? There was. There, I mean, it was. So, okay. So for the aspect of the motion picture, there was, there, there was a lot of. I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's quite a bit of homophobia in this motion picture. Like, I mean, it was just there was a lot of that. There was there was a lot of, there was a lot of racial under and overtones. But it was, I mean, it's 1984, and yeah, which isn't an excuse. It's not an excuse in any way. But when you are calling people certain things that they call in this motion picture, I mean, it was. I was like, holy shit. I was like, wow, they really went there for this. Okay. Well, and like, I'm sure that but, I'm sure yeah. that people were were uh well, I'm clearly we've already talked about a lot of times that there was a lot of uh people saying, "Oh, that's an okay kind of joke." You know, it's that's not my flavor, but it's acceptable, yeah. blah, blah blah. And we don't we don't tolerate a lot of that. You know, I thought it was kind of interesting whenever, you know, the sequence whenever the um the commandant is giving the presentation to the other, you know, military yes, folk. Yes. And, you know, he's getting a blowjob under the podium. We, we and, were talking about that. And he starts to walk away. And when he looks back and Mahoney sticks his head out, he, I was expecting a very homophobic, homophobic response because I, I mean, that's kind of the tone the movie has given you thus far. Um, but it was more befuddlement, right? He was kind of yes. confused. It yes. doesn't become homophobic until later on, whenever he sees Mahoney and Major the, Thompson the making out, and he thinks that it's a guy and a guy, and then he sees that it's a guy and a girl, and he's like, "That's better." You know, that's when it became very, very homophobic, <laughs> yes. right? Yes. Him receiving a blowjob from a man, he was just kind of confused. <laughs> <laughs> and he, I, I thought it was, I thought it was hilarious. Where, like I said, we're going to be jumping around at the end when they go to the graduation. And the same 
the same the same <laughs> the same uh, prostitute is underneath, and she's gonna give Mahoney a blowjob, and he looks over at Lassard, and Lassard's like, "Well, not <laughs> mm, like, oh. yeah. so aloof, huh?" Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck, dude?" Which is funny because that okay, m- m- the commandant didn't find out, you know, because in his mind, the commandant thinks that Mahoney is homosexual all the way yes. up until I think just before he gets yeah. his award. Yeah, but the commandant had already planned for there to be a woman under the podium for him, which is Some probably strength. a fuck up. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder, I mean, are we supposed to interpret that as a film mess up or was it Commandant trying to uh, straightify him or something like that? I I think you're looking too much into it. I think so too. You're right. The film's far more shallow than that. They didn't think that much into it. We are not, we are not going, I mean, for a film to have the Blue Oyster Bar, I think we're going, I think you're going a little too deep. I think, yeah, I think it was That was quite comedic though. Because that guy just falls asleep in another guy's arms and he's just... He's just chilling. He's just dancing. But then you wonder, like, hmm, is that supposed to say something about Copeland? (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, it's funny. I guess it's funny because you see somebody put so far out of their comfort zone. But is that funny anymore? Like, should he be that uncomfortable around people who enjoy, you know, certain things in life? Was this your first time ever watching it? Oh no! I've certainly seen this movie before. I did forget a whole lot of it, though. Okay. Okay. It's yeah, it's, just, it's it's one of those movies where you just like you forget all this shit, like like the whole thing with Martin George Martin mm-hmm. and yep. and Callahan, where you just like you totally forgot. I totally forgot that he hooked up with Callahan and that that Callahan literally and he's smitten. Uh, completely. That, yeah, he's hooked. Like he's he's all about her at that point. But he's that, the, the only woman for me. And that's but that's not something that's like that's not unheard of because I know plenty of guys who are super fucking like you know alpha males, but they get a woman that treats them like dirt, and and they fucking they they are all about it. Well, I mean, to be fair, Callahan wasn't necessarily treating him like dirt, but she no, definitely but, commanded a room. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, but I mean, but I'm saying like if like they they move from being an alpha male mm-hmm. because. And then they, be, to being they become submissive. they become submissive because someone is stronger than them, has a stronger personality, and they fucking adore it. Yeah, I mean, somebody tamed the what was it? What was he calling himself? Like the Latin beast or something like that, or something like that? Because he didn't have he he, he clarified he clarified at some point in the movie. He told his secret that he didn't actually have an accent. He wasn't actually you know uh, uh, heavily you know brought up in the Latin culture. He was just portraying that to win women. Yeah. But yeah, there's nothing Hispanic about the guy. Absolutely. <laughs> I thought for a while he was a guy from uh, Fast Time at Fast Times at Richmond High. Uh, for a second, I thought he was the the best friend of the fry cook. And I'm sorry, I, I don't. I'm not an encyclopedia of characters like like Tomas is, but um, <laughs> the guy that ends up hooking up with his friend's uh, sister gets her pregnant. The the guy oh. that worked at the movie theater. That guy. It was. Okay. A, I thought it was the same guy, but no, it wasn't. Oh, dude. Mike I Damone? Mean, was that the character's name? Robert Rama, guy, uh, Romanus? You know, the I thing is, so. is that the thing is, is that the guy, the guy who played George Martin, I mean, like his last acting credit was back in 1998. I mean, he, he passed away in 2015. But his last acting credit was one episode on From the Earth to the Moon, that miniseries on HBO. That was his That's last acting credit. Fantastic series, by the way. And 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 his previous only other acting credit. Was in 1988. That was it. 
He didn't really do much after Police Academy. That's it. He only has like 28 acting credits. Yeah, I was uh, I was watching all the trailers to all the previous, to all the Police Academies that came out afterwards. They're all the same. It's hilarious. It, it just introduces every character and it talks about the hijinks or whatever the mission is going to be for uh-huh. that. So it introduces like the six or seven main characters, Mahoney, Hightower, the low speaking, uh, uh, hooks, uh, Bubba, hooks, uh, hooks, all those people. And then it goes, and their adventure into X, Y, and Z. It's just hilarious. <laughs> if you watch, all, you watch every single trailer, they're all made exactly the same. Well, I mean, these, butter, these movies the all came out like so quickly. Yeah. So the first one was in 84. The second one was 85. The third one was 86. The fourth one was 87. The fifth one was 88. The sixth one was 89. It was only the seventh one that took a, a five-year hiatus to 94. Yeah, the Cold War, yeah. man. Things things happen. So. <laughs> I mean, they were pumping these out, and and, and they were making money the, on them. They were, and if you look at these casts, I mean, they kept a lot of the original characters throughout yeah. the whole sequence, and so like you can see that, I mean, either they were having fun or they're getting paid well, and or both. S- S- Steve Gutenberg left after four, right? I think four was his last one, or uh, he went through to four. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, four was his last one. Citizens on Patrol. So I Cops, mean, CLP. Cop, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> but I mean, four was his last one. He didn't come back for five. And the guy who came back for five, I've seen that guy before. The light-eyed guy, yeah. Yes, um, he's supposed to be. I think he's like Mahoney's cousin or something. Yeah, Matt like, McCoy, his, his cousin, like his cousin in Miami. <laughs> like it was just like, I'm like it was still. I mean, it was just, it was like somebody's cousin in Miami, and because he's from Miami or some shit like that. I don't know, dude. And then they and they filmed it at the fucking Fountain Blue, which is no longer. I don't think it's even there anymore. It's it's, it's there. Out. Just the big iconic. Uh, the wall, right? Wall is not the painting. Isn't there anymore? Mm. I mean, they they. Uh, I'm noticing here that they didn't report the revenue on the fifth one. And they did on the fourth and the second and the third and the first. So maybe that's when it started to die out a little bit. I'm sure it died after the five one, the fifth one, because I mean, the fifth one, honestly, as a kid, though, I watched the fifth one a lot. I don't know why. I don't know why. You were in Miami, right? Isn't this home for you? No, but in 89, 89, I was in Houston. I didn't move to Miami until after that. I mean, it was just for some reason, it's just. It was always, but it, it was one of those movies that they always showed on cable TV. I bet you and they showed TV it too. on vacation in yeah. Miami. <laughs> yeah, they showed it on Channel 33, WBFS in Miami all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just, it, it was just, if it was on cable TV or on public, on public television, I mean, it would show all the time in Miami. And it was just, because at that point, all that Miami had at that point was Miami Vice. That's it. Right. They didn't really have too much. Then, not until Bad Boys came out, did Miami become kind of a, a movie studio kind of staple kind of place you could film stuff out. It didn't come it happened until like the mid '90s, but but even still, man, I mean, I I don't know why. I mean, I watched that movie so many times as a kid. It was just so weird. It's so weird to, that I've seen that dude movie had before. a toy line. I sent you guys the link. I had a That's toy line right. for a yeah. while. Yeah, check out one of the first links I sent in the conversation. They had a, didn't they have a cartoon also? It had a cartoon as well, which was based on the toy line was based on them. Out of yeah, yeah. It was, I mean, I don't understand, dude. I don't get. I don't get. In the eighties, man, Police Academy was the shit, but 
crazy, dude. People were doing some weird things back then. Oh my god! Any way to get a toy line out is just it. It happened. It's a merch line, right? That's oh all it is. Oh my god! Oh my god! But this, I mean, this movie was totally typical '80s. You could, I mean, how many different movies followed a a very similar line? Uh, rascals, a bunch of rascals getting together, getting into trouble, bullying, all sorts of other shit. Um, copious amounts of nudity, and then <laughs> some nice finality to whatever story they they put so, together. Let me see something. You guys, I mean, I mean, let me look at something. I'm gonna look at something here. You know, I'm I'm just noticing something here. Um, the guy, uh, David Graff, who played as Tackleberry. Yes. He's credited for a show, and I know I'm getting in the weeds here. A show from '87 called Beauty and the Beast, and it was a CBS series, <laughs> and it stars. Uh, uh, oh my gosh, uh, Linda, uh, Linda, uh, Hamilton. Um, she, she's, uh, Sarah Connor and, uh, Ron Perlman. Oh, it was, my mom loved that movie. It was produced by George RR Martin. Yes. Yes. He wrote, he, he wrote the show too. And it's okay. It's called Beauty and the Beast. It's got yes. a, a guy who's like in a lot of prosthetics yes. who looks like a beast, and n- naturally Linda looks you know gorgeous as, as always. But you've never heard um, of the show? I've never heard of the show. But it's listed as a drama crime show. Yes, because okay, so so oh, I, I we're I can't believe we're going on this type of tangent. So the show lasted, I think, like three or four seasons. I think it three lasted, seasons. Yeah, three seasons. Mm-hmm. My mom loved the show. My my mom, got, I don't know why my mom was listening to this, our show because we talk about it so much. But my mom loved the show. And the thing was is that it was a crime series because he would help people. He lived in the sewers. He oh, was, ninja so he's, he's a ninja turtle solving crimes. He lived crimes. in the sewers because he was, he was deformed. And he would come up and she was in, they were in love with each other. And he would come up and save people. So he's like the equalizer meets Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Bro, I remember would... this fucking show. <laughs> you remember Holy this show? Sh- I remember watching this show. I mean, like our parents, I mean, I don't your mom probably remembers that show, Derek. She might have liked that show too. Cause it was a big show on like like for like the CBS. Yeah. CBS. Oh my god, I can't believe I remember the CBS. It was a big show on CBS for a couple for like two seasons. The first season they got big and then the third season they just dropped off. But it was just one of those things, man. It was, um, I don't know, dude. But so I looked up uh, the domestic box office for mm-hmm. 1984. You want to hear the top five movies in 1984? Do it. Okay. Ghostbusters was number one. Oh, for sure. Why not? 200. I'm going to round up to the nearest million. Okay. Because I'm mm-hmm. not going to go through all the fucking numbers. Yep. Ghostbusters. Okay. $221 million. In 1984. Iconic soundtrack. Iconic soundtrack, iconic motion picture. Indiana Jones, number two, and the Temple of Doom. $180 million. Okay. Gremlins, number three. Oh, man. These are big ones. $148 million. I'm going to round down or round up, depending on where if it's past five. Okay. The Karate Kid. This is, where, this is a big drop off from three to four. Mm-hmm. Gremlins was 148. Remember, Karate Kid, 91. Mm. The 
a big drop off, but yeah. it was $91 million. Number five, our motion picture, Police Academy. That's a big year, dude. That is a crazy year. That's a big 81. year, point to 82, $81 million. Okay. After that, you want to hear the next five? I'm not going to give you the amount. I'll just give you the next five. Sure, sure. Footloose at six. Shit. Beverly Hills oh, wow. Cop at Fuck. seven. Really? Star Trek three at eight. Star Trek three yeah. at eight. Terms of Endearment, have you ever seen it? Great sure, flick sure, with sure, Shirley sure. McLean and Jack Nicholson. Best line in that movie is Jack Nicholson wants to get her drunk, and he tells her, I'm trying to get you drunk because I want to kill the bug up your ass. It's the best line in the whole fucking movie. <laughs> Number 10 is Romancing the Stone. Dude. Oh, man. Number 11, just for, you know, fucking shits and giggles, Splash. I can go. I can keep going, dude. It's unreal. Number There's twelve. A lot of good purple stuff. Purple rain. I, I am currently walking through number fourteen Night Owl video. My blockbuster. <laughs> number fourteen. Number fourteen. The Natural. Number fifteen. Greystoke. Legend of Tarzan. Number sixteen. Revenge of the Nerds. Number oh. seventeen. Breaking. Number eighteen. Bro, fucking Tom Cruise has two on this list in the top twenty. Bachelor Party. Oh, I mean, man. bro, Revenge of the Nerds. I haven't even gotten number Another twenty-one. Number twenty-one, The Terminator. Really? Oh <laughs> I mean, number twenty-three, Conan the Destroyer. I yeah, I liked that one too. Fuck, <laughs> fuck. That's the class of nineteen eighty-four, right there, guys. Class of nineteen eighty-four. That's that's impressive. <sighs> Cue the, very, the, the very applause impressive. button there. Don't oh my god, shit. Jesus. Cue the applause. The, I don't even have an applause. But you either way, I just do this. You were docking the <laughs> points. <laughs> I'll do that. You know? Yes. So, so we <laughs> what we went to that from Tackle. So who was Tackleberry in that Beauty and the Beast show? Who I don't know. He? He's he's just credited as being uh hold on, okay. let me tell you. Uh oh, he's oh. an unlisted uh participant. Oh, he's nobody. <laughs> but shit, Ron Perlman's the main guy. Okay, that makes sense. Fuck. Yeah, he, apparently he's unaccredited, but he uh, is tied to it somehow. But yeah, he's he's um, one of my favorite lines in, in the movie when, when they're at the shooting range in, in Police Academy. And everybody's shooting these targets, and all of a sudden he pulls out this huge revolver, blows his target apart, and Lieutenant Harris walks over to him and yes. says, Where, Where'd you what get that? This? Where'd you get his My mom gave mom it to gave me. It to me yeah. <laughs> Can I borrow that? <laughs> <laughs> my favorite, my, dude. Okay, we're, I'm just gonna talk about we're, fuck. I mean, we're even talking about rip. the scenes. Let's talk about scenes. Let it rip. So another scene with him I love is when it's after the riots over, and he's just kind of like take. He takes off his helmet, throws it to the ground, starts banging his head on the hood, and they're like, "What's wrong with him?" He's like, "Oh, he missed the gunplay. He's very disappointed." I mean. Earlier in the movie, he's like, when do we get to the guns? Like, he's just, when he's getting his uniform. Like, this is like, they give him his uniform. I mean, I just don't even well, know. The, you know what? The most creative thing, and I, I never paid attention to this until I watched it this time. The fact that the whole riot was started by a single apple being tossed out of a vehicle. Yeah. Yes. And an entire and was, city was sent into a tailspin. And it was tossed out of the vehicle by uh, Mackler. Like, by Fackler. 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 Yeah. Fackler. He... It, He's it's I, I love that he's just an accident waiting to happen. Like every single scene of his is great. The scene like, with when, his wife on the hood is pro, it's classic. 
It's classic. The scene where he like is moving his mattress and knocks uh, Jones out the door. And he's like, oh hey, he's just like he's just like and Jones like drops and he like falls down the stairs and then he gets up like ooh 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 ooh. He's just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh my god. Oh, speaking of Jones, speaking of Michael Winslow, so I've seen him live in person, mm-hmm. and Elias is gonna enjoy this comment. When I saw him live, the first time I saw him live was at the Hurricane Andrew Relief Concert. No in shit. Nineteen ninety-two. I went to that show. He did. He has a he has a bit that he does not all the time, but he does it on his comedy skit. So he does his comedy stuff. When he does stand up, where he he acts like a fucking uh, what's his name from Led Zeppelin, the singer. He he literally pulls out a wig. Robert Plant. He pulls out a wig and goes ah! It's it's, it's amazing. It's unbelievable. And he's so fucking good. Like I I I, I love Michael Winslow, dude. Michael Winslow's a shit. So I was noticing, you know, we mentioned they've put together a bazillion movies and then an animated series. Yeah. Did you notice that, um, and I think this is probably the newest one, in 97, they had a TV series live action. One season, 26 episodes, oh, Michael a Winslow. Season. That's yeah. a whole season. And there were 60-minute episodes. And... Jesus. Michael Winslow came back for it, but only a handful of, uh, of the other rest of the cast did. So we got Bubba Smith. We also got uh, George Gaines, the the commandant. We also got um, uh, Leslie Easterbrook, who as Callahan, and uh, we also got David Graff as Tackleberry. But <laughs> the funny thing I notice here is Bubba Smith in this series was now Captain Moses Hightower. Oh. He'd, been, he'd been promoted a few promoted. times. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and That's it had awesome. Dom DeLuise in it. What? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Anyway, it's only got a 55%, but <laughs> and it only had one Dude, season. I do not remember that at all. Where the hell did they show that? I did not remember that I at all. don't see that it was <laughs> picked up by to... any major show. As, uh, well, as no, it had to have been because it was 26 episodes. I mean, I, I agree. I just don't see what it, it, it can. Normally, it'll show me, and I don't. I don't see it. So Which who knows? Maybe, it, maybe. It, I, I guess don't know. We'll have to Google it. it. Says according to Derek, everything's readily available. It's uh yeah, ninety-seven to ninety-eight TVMA for a TV series, one-hour episodes. It doesn't say what one-hour episodes. Yeah. I mean, they they. They, yeah, I mean, it's a full production. They gave it a full run at you ran at it, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Comedy show, comedy and crime, and it says uh, although Michael, one of the trivia things they have here um, on IMDb says although Michael Winslow had a recurring role in the series as Sergeant Jones, there were also other familiar faces from the police academy. Oh, it was, well, it was an animated show. It was an animated show. So more than likely it was on like. No, no, well, this no, is live action. No, I'm looking at Canadian, it. This is live action. On Canadian TV. I just looked it up on wiki. Oh, on Canadian TV. okay. That's why we I believe were not, that. It was syndicated on Canadian TV. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was on Canadian. It was, it was on Canadia. 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 Welcome to Canadia. Welcome to Canadia. Blame Canadia. Look, okay. don't hate on Canada. Those folks are No, great. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, dude. But yeah, no. But the the the, the I just realized that the 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 the, uh, the the cartoon like lasted two seasons. It had sixty five episodes of the cartoon. 
That's fucking crazy, bro. Dude, they used to whip out cartoons in the 80s like it was just like for fun. They must have done so much fucking coke back in the day to do that shit. (laughs) Jesus, dude. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The people who they had on the fucking cartoon was unreal or on the TV show. Yeah, it's, it's this is a black hole of a series. The amount of information. Dude, they had. They, if you look at the cast on the TV show, I'm like, holy shit! I still think it's shit. cool that Dom DeLuise was part of this because he's a gem. He's oh yeah, dude, a hundred percent, hundred percent. The man's a fucking national treasure. Was a national treasure, dude. There's so many people on the show. I'm like, really? Joe Flaherty was on the fucking show. Yeah, Talk man. To me. Talk about and, me. If you don't, if you don't know who Joe Joe Flaherty is, he was on. He's he's an awesome. He was an awesome comedian. He showed up on everything, dude. That's crazy, bro. We're and learning as we go, folks. Too. Learning as we go. Oh my god. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, so this Harry movie. Campbell. So this movie, there's really not much we can talk about. This movie, honestly, I mean, we, we 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 I think we've talked about just a lot of it, but. There was um. Let's see another scene. That was uh, okay. Let's talk the, about the, the blowjob scene. Well, yeah, the, the the BJ scene is interesting. The BJ scene. So so in the BJ scene, they're trying to fuck with Mahoney. I think right. Is that what they're trying to do? Yeah, they bring him. No, they well they they're trying to get um who it was someone else. They're trying to get somebody else thrown out, and no, they came Mahoney. to get Mahoney. Wasn't yeah, it, the guy his roommate? Yeah, I think it was, That's and Mahoney. they were trying to get somebody thrown out, and they Banks, came to get Banks and Copeland. They came to get Mahoney so that he could he could help them, and he starts running away with the prostitute, yes. and ends up getting into this because like, apparently there's a tour going on with the commandant and a few other folks from other police forces or something like that. Yes, and yes, yes. They get cornered in an auditorium where Mahoney and the prostitute crawl under the podium. It's a big it fucking so podium to fit two people, man. Yeah, it, it, for sure. Undoubtedly, it was, it was very large, and I think it was it was by the angle it was it was supposed to make it look small, and it did not look small <laughs> at all. And, oh and the prostitute was like thinking that this is the job she's been hired for, and she she goes at it with the commandant standing there trying to help her. And he's like, <laughs> like, if we could just look at this photo, a moment of silence. <laughs> yes, yes, that scene actually, I actually laughed at that scene because. When he when he actually fucking ejaculated, his face was <laughs> it was it was so good. Like I've never seen somebody portray. Honestly, I've seen funny shit where they act like they're fucking. I've never seen somebody put together a face and throw out like his face had so many like like veins popping like on his face, and he was it was. He was amazing. I was like, what the fuck is that, dude? Oh my god. I was like, I he was great. That, that whole movie, he just nailed it. Um He nailed every minute of it. I mean I mean, God, I couldn't believe it. I was like, holy shit, the guy Lassard. Perfect. Commandant. Perfect. Lassard. Perfect. Commandant Lassard. And he was just and like I love how he like fucks up every number, and then yes. in, at the end of the movie he's like, "I never forget a number." 
And I'm like, okay. Because <laughs> he said 14 weeks. Then he says 12 weeks. 12 weeks. You caught that and too. Then, and then he said like two months. And it was just like. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's funny because you start looking at what the actual police academy requirements are. It's like six to eight months of training and other shit. So here they're saying like, yeah, three months and, you know, here's your gun and you're out and you're hired and you're good to go. Yeah. No, um, no. My, my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law. They both did it. They both went, they both Metro Dade. Well, one's retired. My sister-in-law retired early, but my brother-in-law's still working for them. And he, yeah, it was a good six to eight months. It was a good six to eight months. I mean, it was, it was, it was no joke. Yeah. He lost so much weight. <laughs> he lost so much weight during the academy. It was I nuts. I imagine, man. They, they had him running like crazy. And it was in, the academy in Metro Dade was, I think, I think they did it up in fucking North, FIU North. Something like that. Like it was like okay. not close, not close at all. Up in Biscayne. Cause the, the, yeah, because the fire academy is in Tamiami. I think it's in Tamiami. Okay. Doral. It's in Doral. But either way, but we digress. But um, but yeah, dude, it's crazy. <laughs> dude, the the dog humping uh, Lazard. Oh! <laughs> His name is Princess, but you see the big fucking wiener. That yeah, <laughs> he's like more seems more like a prince to me. <laughs> he's just like, oh god, just princess, random princess. And then princess. like the mom, and then the mom, the, Leslie's mom is like crying in the car. <laughs> he's just like because he's joined the academy, that she's crying because he graduated. He's like, oh, mom, 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 mom. Oh my god, mom. And then, um, okay, let's get to the the real nitty gritty. Let's talk about the the origination of the Blue Oyster Bar. Yes. Yes, please. Another iconic song. And of course, it showed up in every fucking movie after. Yeah, they nailed it. It's almost like one of those Pixar A113 studios being included in everything. I mean, man, in every single Blues Academy, we had a Blue Oyster Bar uh, uh, scene. Every it happened every time, and it was always because they just walk through a door and don't realize what the door is. And, and controversial to say this, man, but I remember being eight, nine years old, and we were we would make fun of it. We wouldn't know as kids, right? Of course, of course, of course. And then it's like, oh, the Blue Oyster Club, and then you pretend to like dance together and shit, and we yeah. laugh about it. And it's like, my yeah, God. dude, but yeah, but now, but like you watch that now, that see now you're just like fuck no. me like you just it's this movie is a time capsule if you can't think of anything else to say about it it's I, a I time capsule of a, of a time peewee's great adventure must have taken a snippet of that the blue oyster and implemented into that tequila scene in yes Pee-wee's great adventure that has to be it has to be part of it it's part of it i mean it, it, it there's there's so much in that scene because not only that i mean it was because if you think about that scene more than anything else i mean it's it was like I get it was. It's a heightened version of it. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's and it's a very, I guess you could say, homophobic yeah. aspect Pre, of it. Pre-AIDS too. Pre-AIDS. I mean, oh, no, the start of it, the start of it, the start of it, the start of it, the start of it. But yes, but the thing is, is that with that scene, it was kind of like, it's, it's not a great scene but it was the, i guess you could say the, the the first foray for people to understand a, a gay bar or a gay club well i mean i'm sure that this is more of just like a outsider's perspective yes right? completely and and, and we're not uh, and we're not we're not, saying, we're not saying we're not saying it's very it's right it's very tropey we're not right? saying it's right by any means shape or form because everybody's in fucking bdsm 
material. If the village like, people owned a bar and operated it. <laughs> the cops is, the village people. There you go. The cops. There you go. Yeah. Yes. I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I think um, it, it I, I, I remember that this is not the only movie I've seen that kind of trope in. And yes. I, I think it's that. It's definitely an 80s trope. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And this was when uh, these other, I'm going to call it alternative lifestyles, were mm-hmm. very foreign to many people. They didn't really yes. understand it. And so the easiest way to expose people to that is through humor. And because education is hard, right? People, yep. people actually learning and understanding is hard. So I, I don't know. I mean, it it it's just another trope. As you mentioned, it's it's a time capsule, and and in a lot of ways, there was a lot of that in this movie. There was and a I, lot mean, of I mean, that. I'm kind of past the age now, but I know a lot of friends that have gone to gay bars and gay clubs, and they're hetero, but they go and they have a good time because it's fun. Because there's I good mean, people out there. Because they're good, because they're great people, and they're they're wonderful individuals. And I mean, like I said, this is a trope, and '80s was full of tropes, stupid tropes that should not have been a part of anything. But it was the only way to have those kinds of tropes in there to, to for a laugh. And 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 you know, we've thankfully as a society, we've gotten past that point. But I mean, when you look at that, it's always good to think that you know, like to, to see movies like this and see where the tropes come from, and that and see how we've gotten past that point. Well, it goes back to that thing we were talking about before the ubiquity of information. Now, if I want to better understand a a culture or a lifestyle or, or, um, you know, somebody's hobbies or interests or whatever it could be, you know, a a million and one different things. All I got to do is go to YouTube. Yeah. And, and for the most part, there's a lot you can find there. You know, if I wanted to understand the interest of people who like to, paint models or do origami or model trains Mm -hmm. or you know go to gay pride parades or whatever else you can really get a taste of a lot of that just by going online you can find people who are into it and you know meet them in public obviously please take safe precautions folks Mm -hmm. um but yeah like it's it's a lot more close at hand if i wanted to learn something uh it doesn't take much Right. I mean, I mean, me and my wife were talking about something the other day and we, we couldn't remember what we were watching. Well, last night, um, mind you, folks at home, we're recording this uh, the day after Halloween. And last night, my wife and I just had a hankering to watch Rocky Horror Picture Show. And we were like, let's look up some of these things that we don't know. We've just always watched the movie and enjoyed it for what it is. Right. Yeah. But there's a lot to that whole movie and, and, and the story and how it originated and how it got there and what Tim Curry did afterwards. And I think I might've sent this to you guys. Did you know Tim Curry was in a band? Like he had his own, he was his know. own thing. And he's got like a very uh, specific voice very. to have a lead vocal position in a band. That's kind of cool. I never would have thought that. He, I think he released one album or a couple of songs or something like that. But yeah, like the ubiquity of information is just at hand. We can just look up whatever we want, right? Mm-hmm. And that's probably why tropes like that aren't as common anymore. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. You're right. And I, mean, I will and tell you, like if if I were to go to Johnny Rockets and you know they have a little scoop <laughs> box there, oh can you imagine God. if they had that on there? How many people would get up and just like start jamming to that and know exactly where that song came from? Which song? What song? The da, 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 da. Oh, no. No, oh yeah, dude. That. The Blue Oyster song. <laughs> the Blue Oyster song. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, and, and it would be a certain age demographic for sure. Like if you're over the age of 40, you would know that song for sure. You know, because that's just 
when we were growing up, I mean, like, it was in every single Police Academy movie. Eventually, they made it to the Blue Oyster Bar. And I think it was in five. It was like there was a Blue Oyster Bar, Miami Beach. I mean, it was it was there. I mean, it was just like they. It, it was like the Blue Oyster Bar had a franchise. It was everywhere. And so, <laughs> I mean, it was the or franchise like opportunities. Was, were or like it wasn't like some sort of uh, pocket cult of people. It was yeah. a more widespread lifestyle. It was just it, exactly. It's just basically saying that like, oh no, it's only there. No, I mean, it's everywhere, and they're they're wonderful human beings, and they're all over the place. So just live with it and deal with it, kind of shit. But it was just, it was just, you know, or learn to dance with them, or learn to dance with them, which is fantastic <laughs> as well because they're great dancers. No, sure. but no, but either way, I mean, the aspect of that, and then the tropes that this movie had a ton of tropes. Like, okay, another trope in this movie that was like in every eighties uh, comedy, if it was made to be like this, was the shower scene where you see naked women in a shower. I mean, it was just yes. it's. It's in every 80s comedy that's supposed to have like a sex comedy style to it. Meatballs. Like, meatballs. meatballs. Porky's. Porky's. Oh my God. I mean, any 80s comedy that has young nubile women is going to have a, a shower scene where you see multiple women naked. It's just Dude, part I'm, I'm of the. I'm not going to lie, man. I- I was looking forward to growing up, not to get a driver's license, but to go to these parties where all these women are walking <laughs> yeah. around naked. Or dancing around a fire. Dancing around a fire, topless. I mean, it was oh just God. unreal. Like, I mean, I just, this movie is just unbelievably yeah. so that saxophone you got naked women dancing around. Dude. Yes. And then, of course, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Speaking of which, I love Tackleberry. In this that whole scene, he just can't fathom being around naked women, and then he starts playing the saxophone, and it's like horrible playing. Like he's playing at one point with uh with 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 Jones, and Jones is acting like he's playing guitar on a on a on a on a tennis racket with weird makeup on his face. But then, and then of course, Tackleberry's playing the saxophone wonderfully, playing the saxophone, of course. Oh yeah, like like a professional. Like a professional, but then when they're dancing around the fire, topless, all of uh, women start getting naked, and he just gets dumbfounded. And he's dumbfounded, and then he starts blowing on the saxophone, and it's horrible because he's either actually showing the actual saxophone track at that point of him playing it, which is oh terrible. Let catch that, you know. And I just like, oh my god, this is horrible. And they're all dancing around naked. And he's just like, wow, naked women, wow. And I just was like, oh, my God, this movie, this movie. You know, then- I think somebody who who doesn't get enough credit for this movie is uh, I think of Lieutenant Harris, J.W. Bailey. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. When Well, first off, like since we're on the subject, you guys didn't call me last weekend. Well, nothing happened, sir. Yeah. Nothing. Happened? Dancing. Dancing. <laughs> just dancing, sir. Just dancing. Like he he I mean, the horse's ass. Oh, and the hat. And he lost the hat. Oh my God! Yeah, let's talk about that. So and and you know Callahan's laughing at him too. I mean, he told no one, right? <laughs> what did he say? You told not no a one. Soul. Goes, yep, not a soul. And everybody's <laughs> just holding back that laughter. Who was he? Who did he tell that to? Was that to Copeland? Mahoney. No, Mahoney. Mahoney. He asked Mahoney because Mahoney, Mahoney, Mahoney was Mahoney with him right. in the car. He was with yeah. him in the car. Oh my God! The funny thing is, years ago in New York, there was a guy impounding a cop impounding a a dirt bike from somebody that was riding on the streets and they show the guy, you know, 
writing it and he ends up destroying it and crashing into some civilians. And I automatically thought about that scene in Police Academy instead of <laughs> crashing into a car crashing into the horse's ass. But hilarious. I think if you watch that scene, it's hilarious because everyone's like, oh, and then there's one lady all the way to the side where she just faints. Ah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just, it's great. He flies through the air, lands into the horse's ass head first, which you don't see, but she's, of course it's inferred. And of course they gave him that hat because to replace his hat, which is, uh, which is, Unfortunately, they probably had to put down the horse, considering if that was the case, that his horse ended up his his hat ended up in the horse's in the horse's ass, and I'm sure the horse would not be able to pass that fucking hat. But the lady just you see if you watch the movie, the lady all the way to the right in that one specific shot, she like drops like fainting, and somebody behind her catches her. It's just like oh, it's just like it's just like it's great, dude. It's unbelievably funny. Oh my god, dude! And then of There's course, there's a bunch of good little parts, man. There Those are, ones, there are, dude. There are. I don't know. I mean, there's, there's, um, uh, whenever, um, was it Hooks? Is that her name? Yeah, Hooks yes. is doing the driving test, and she's like, it's like Yay! loving life, just like loving a Sunday life. drive, you know. Yes. Just, and then she goes through the flats, the the showers, and she's like, oh. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. He's just having a great time. It's great. And then a previous before her was Bubba Smith going like fucking high tower running through the fucking thing. After like three crazy. hours of driving lessons. And and it was even better whenever you realized that Mahoney took uh high tower to learn how to drive yes. in those dipshits car and like and he Copeland. rips the seats out and stuff and that's all that's <laughs> left. Yes. And Copeland has a fucking I think it's great that he fucked up the car and it has the, the stars and bars in the front. Like, yes, and he I, he tore this fucking shit out of that car up like just on per, on principle. <laughs> it's great. He rear high tower uh, rear ends that guy and he gets out. What are you doing? He just turns around and goes to get back to his car. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't even talk. <laughs> when you see somebody who's well over six foot, you treat them with a little bit of patience. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, like we should probably just rip out the seats just sit in the back right and he just does it and it's just like i was joking <laughs> it's just like <laughs> oh man bro this well, movie so it's, so it's he, a, here's it's enjoyable even now dude it is but but i i mentioned i think before we started recording like some of i think the films in, in the same way that you know what people often say um you know, never meet your heroes, right? Let you have that uh, disillusioned um, uh, desire to meet them, right? That 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 illusion that that they are this flawless person. You remember this mo- movie very fondly, and like many other things, we forget all the negatives, right? We remember only the best things, and if there's only bad to remember, then we kind of forget about it. We put it out of our memory. Yeah. There's a lot of shit in this movie that I was like, oh, oh. Like, mm, I don't I feel I feel a little bit dirty watching this right now. Um and I wonder if it's time if it's time to let the movie go. Like if it's better just advise people, eh, maybe don't just remember it as what it was. And I mean you talking about the Mandela effect on it? 
Maybe a little bit, but you know, there's a lot of some very heavy racism. Racism and the, the some, use of the F word for regarding uh, homosexuals. Homosexuals. There's quite a bit homophobia in the yeah, movie. The, the I have not the the F word. The last time I had heard it was on an Eddie Murphy special, and I cringed when I heard it. I think it was on Raw. And mm-hmm. he uses that F, he drops that F bomb all over the place. We're like, oh shit. And today that's like the most vulgar way to, commu- you know, not communicate, but to refer to somebody, um, a yeah. homosexual individual. It's crazy. But yeah, they dropped that term a couple times in the movie. That was, they do. I, I, I didn't appreciate that. I agree. But again, it's all the schooling that we've gotten, what we've gotten used to and, and desensitized. And- the one thing you have to, it, it sucks to say, but but then of course you have to think about this, and this is what I was thinking about just a little while ago, is that you you can't just not watch this movie ever again. You have to watch it because if you're gonna see something that's a, you have to you have to it has to be around, it has to be available, it has to be there for you to watch, it, even if it's uncomfortable for you. So, like that's it's, I take that page out of. Um, like referencing Spike Lee, Spike Lee, Spike Lee. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Spike Lee, if, I, I've mentioned it before on the show, but Spike Lee is a uh, NYU professor. He mm-hmm. play he he teaches a class on the history of film every or appreciation of, appreciation of film. He teaches a class at NYU. Mm-hmm. Okay, every year he does one class at FIU. That's what he does. For shits and giggles, he does it for fun. And he, every year, he shows one movie in particular. He shows different movies, but he shows one movie for sure every time he teaches a class. And that is, um, oh, what the fuck? Now I forgot the name. It's directed by D.W. Griffith. uh, It's directed by D.W. Griffith. Uh, Hold on, I'll tell you right now. D.W. Griffith. Birth Birth of a Nation. Oh, Birth of a Nation. He shows that movie to his students every year. That movie, we've talked about it before. Very it racist. Extremely racist. It's probably the most racist motion picture ever made. It was an absolute box office smash when it came out as a silence motion picture. Okay. It's the story of the fucking Ku Klux Klan, for God's sakes. This guy was a hard racist he was a public racist but but what's his reason for showing it his reasons for showing it is that you need to understand where this country is where it was at one point and where it can be in the future and his thing is is that you can't just not show the motion picture and get rid of it because if you choose to ignore like everything, if you choose to ignore your past history, you're bound to repeat it. So his whole thing is that you're going to watch it and you're going to see it. You're going to may or may not appreciate it, but you're going to know about it at least. And you're so, going to try and be a better person because of it. So with that in mind, if, if you're, because I, I I agree, it's it's a stretch with Police Academy. Let's let's be let's be real. <laughs> a little bit of a stretch. Police <laughs> Academy is not an art house feature. No, by any no. stretch of the imagination. But 
I understand what, what you're saying, though. The, the, the same the same reason that we shouldn't, you know, censor knowledge in general. The same reason why book burning of even the most insensitive yes. content yes. is really not necessary anymore. It it's all not a good thing. You can learn anything from anything, right? And, and, and you know, if you that's the reason Mein Kampf is still in the print, right? Because you can learn a lot about the mentality of a person who's been brought up that way in that environment, in that year, in that, you know, uh, country and so forth. And so I, I can understand that perspective. But to me, that sounds like you would need to approach viewing this film from another standing point. I'm yes. not watching it specifically for entertainment. And while I might find much entertainment in this content, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not endear, uh, endeavoring on that specifically to to find the entertainment. It's, it's more so because I want to better understand, you know, what it was like to write a slapstick comedy about police in 84. Or what I was about to, you know, trying to understand whenever Birth of a Nation was written and who wrote it and what their mentality was. And and in many ways, this is the same thing as like understanding your enemy, right? Understanding where you came from and, and who you don't want to become again. And so I, I understand that. I think, but from that same perspective, that changes how I would recommend this film. Yes, yes. You know? Because you have to, you have you to look at this it. You have you definitely have to frame it, and you have to look at the aspect of you want to tell somebody, okay, look, listen, if you're gonna watch Police Academy, just understand the frame of where you when this movie came out, 1984. There's lots of things that were okay that aren't okay. No, there's lots of good in this film. There's lots of comedic moments that are absolutely still valid today, but there's lots that you know isn't isn't still. It would it wouldn't stand up. It wouldn't hold up because it would be. I mean, you don't see this put on TV anymore. No. Any of the police academies, I'd imagine. No, I haven't seen a police academy on TV in close to twenty years. I was inspired because it did show up on TV the other day. I don't know. Oh wow! Was broadcasting. Where? Yeah. Was it the first one? I don't know. It wasn't the first one. It was another random one. Who are these random movie channels? That's oh. where I got the inspiration to bring it forward, bring it to the okay. table with you guys. Whoa, no, whoa, whoa, no! It's on Max. Is it on Max? It is on Max. Well, fuck. Man. I think Maybe it's on Max. Said. I think it's on Max, dude. I think it's on Max. Dude, Even that, saying. though, I mean, we have to start, I think, in, in some ways, we have to start considering any content available to stream anywhere is much like having it played on mm -hmm television you know maybe it's equivalent to playing at 4 a.m yeah. right when no one's going to see it and it's just time filler but all the same if it's still in distribution you know to some extent that that makes this uh somewhat still pop culture uh relevant you know like one of those films i've never seen again is tropic thunder oh yep yeah, yes. and there's a lot, and and, and that phone, that movie, I think more specifically addresses that specific scenario yep. with Robert Downey Jr. Right? It's it, that's part of the trope. They're specifically joking about yep. someone playing it's someone who is terrible. not. Right, around around you know essentially the the inverse of whitewashing a show or a character, right? And, and you know what's funny is that is that I mean I'm not speaking for african-american people at all but i know from other people that we know of like you know I, I i mean i think eric's told us this beginning he's like he's like that movie is phenomenal and it's a great it's a great aspect it's a great point for for satire in the sense that you just can't you can't take yourself too seriously and it's one of those things where 
where um which which is a case in point with police academy where you just can't take it too yeah. serious you you're have to, to offend somebody you're, you're always gonna offend somebody it's, you're Not always gonna, gonna offend laugh. you're gonna I mean, even fucking pg movies will offend yeah. people but you have to take it to a certain extent where it's just like hey you know this is this may not be your speed, but just appreciate the humor that comes from it. I don't know. I think I think Tropic Thunder definitely takes a different approach. It does. They're they're directly attempting to to make humor around a ridiculous situation that yes. does occur in film. Yes, they're directly it addressing it intentionally and and being very clear about it. This movie was essentially exemplifying what we see in real world racism. Yes. And 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 you know from some perspectives it it you know I'm sure if there's any lessons to be learned from a totally slapstick and comedic film there's a whole lot of uh very talented people that you can find where you do not expect them. You know, we see Hightower become uh you know an award winner that has never been given to, you know, X and sex, such and such, such kind of person because of this loosening of the rules by that mayor. And we see the same thing where, you know, we've got other characters that we did not expect to see ever in a police force, ever have the opportunity now showing that, you know, they could have done a pretty good job because Hightower shows up. And even whenever he has the opportunity to, uh, let's say, conduct some revenge, he, he doesn't opt for that because he's trying to be a police officer. He's trying to be a good person. He's already inherently, you know, just living uh, a very... Um, against the stereotype that he's portrayed in he's living yeah. a very straight and narrow life right he's a florist but you know people still paint him with this this stereotype and only at the end is he given you know the recognition due and i think there's a few other folks you know like mahoney he's a slacker and doesn't want to do shit and he figures out maybe i actually want to be a cop if there's a lesson to be learned i think that's probably where it is and maybe that's why it makes sense for them to bring mm-hmm. in such heavy racism to point out that you know, if we allowed people who think this way to make these choices, then we wouldn't have this eventually captain in whatever movie. I'm, I'm trying to think back, though, man, like at other movies in the 80s with such a diverse cast. Yeah, and dude, I, you brought up some good it's points tough. right there. I don't think I've seen anything else. And these guys really it's did push the true. limit. It's very true because, I mean, there was I mean, you have you have uh, quite a few people you have. uh Somebody who's supposed to be Hispanic, which he's probably he probably is Hispanic, but he's you know fourth generation American. You yeah. have in, in you know, the love interest Thompson. She Thompson. she graduates. That there's no indication throughout the entire series that because she's a woman she's incapable. Nope. Yeah, you have you have Jones, you have Hooks, you have uh, a high tower. You know you have you have Callahan, who's a strong female person character. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. a military you know, which, vet with uh, Tackleberry. With Tackleberry, I mean, you have people that you didn't really, you didn't have a lot of people where they didn't show them a lot in a lot of different things. Which is wow, that's a- and Barbara, yeah, Barbara's, Barbara's like a a portly loser man, and suddenly yeah. he get like so. I mean, I don't get me wrong, like they, they've they've done a really good job of masking this as a as straight comedy. I get that, right? And and if you don't look beyond that surface, then that's all it is. And it's, it's in many ways still very funny, but in lots of ways, it's not until you understand, I think the underlying premise that exists, it's all portrayed in that very first opening scene with just setting the scene credits. Right. Um, it's, it's very interesting. I think, I mean, it, it definitely doesn't play a prominent role and they certainly, I don't think, um, 
land a lot of those points unless you're really looking for it. Because I think a lot of people are just going to watch this movie and just snicker right at, at the certain jokes that land. But there's a lot more there. Now, I'm sure that they didn't um, necessarily reinforce these positive attributes in the second through 12th movie that came out. Right. <laughs> but I mean, th- there's some good in this and maybe from that perspective, it's still worth, um, worth, worth a watch, you know? I mean, e- even if you, uh, don't necessarily enjoy slapstick, there, there might be some nuggets of wisdom to pull from this. Like, I don't I, know. I've gone back and I've watched, there's something about Mary mm-hmm. and it's not the same. It's one of those, sure. I, I couldn't, I couldn't, not that I couldn't get into it, but I was just like, meh, whatever. Like with this one, I was able to kind of relive a lot of my childhood and, and laugh about these things. And obviously like course correct with today's current temperatures and I, I shit going on. A, I want us a fairly brothers thing. Cause I've done the same thing with dumb and dumber. And I was just like, same. I tried yeah. watching dumb and dumber yeah. a while back and, and I'm like trying to show my son. And I'm like, yeah, dude, this shit doesn't hit. It, it's not hitting. Um, maybe, maybe, I mean, I don't know if it was even intentional that they have these undertones of, you know, seeing that you can find value in places that aren't expected. Um, especially when you're super racist, but, um, <laughs> and the other thing. it kind of, it kind of breaks the trope whenever they start off by saying, you know, people that were the right height, he says, I think the right height, the right color and Johnson's abound, right. Or something to that yeah. effect. But then we see Callahan who's a badass throughout the whole movie. Like she's, she's in no way bad at anything she does. Nope. Nope. And she's clearly in a pretty good standing because she runs the troop alongside Lieutenant Harris. So, I mean, you, you maybe that might've been just a convenient place for our uh, quote unquote Hispanic character to evolve, but I don't know. Are we there? I, I, dude, I think we went deep. Is it, we did. Is it that, fucking is deep on this one? This is, is deep. This a good note? This was deep, on? dude. Is that, uh, that was deep. I think so, too, dude. I mean, I, I can't believe we went an hour on fucking Police Academy. I was a little surprised. You know, with the last 20 minutes of conversation we've had, I might ask Eric to go and listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> It might just, not be too depressing of an episode. I don't know. I don't know, dude. But yeah, I mean, I totally get it. It's just, it's one of those things where it's just like, you you, you watch this movie and you're like, halfway through the movie, you're like, how is this even still relevant? And then you watch the, you finish the movie, you're like, huh, I don't know. I don't know. Wow. Will I? I'll still, honestly, I'll still recommend this movie to people. And it still hits to a degree. But then it hits different also with the aspect of what was used for jokes back then that you can't use nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then, of course, the ones that are not super offensive are still fucking funny. Like the BJ scenes are great. Everybody They're loves so a blowjob. They're so funny. Well, everybody loves a blowjob. That might be debatable. Maybe not everybody likes that. Mm, I, maybe not. I think, I think there are many people that like a blowjob. <laughs> I love an old man who gets a blowjob from a podium and it has finishes. his fucking veins popping. <laughs> you know? And, he's trying uh, to hold face, a whole conversation. Trying, and, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker for a scene like that. And I think it's great. Classic great, SNL kind of stuff. It's, it's classic shit. And I mean, that's, I mean, it, it's, I, 
like like I mean, it's not gonna be a great high, super high rating for me, but it's gonna be respectable for me on this motion picture. It's let's respectable. Do it. Let's do it. So we go to the so ratings. Let's start with you, Tomas. What's right, your rating? I'll give this rating honestly. I'm gonna give it a six five, six point five, wow. six and a half. Wow. Okay. You know, it's it's not great, not amazing, but it's it's worth the time. I mean, Police Academy, the first one. Is worth is it's worth the time to sit and watch the motion picture. It's funny. It's got its moments. It's enjoyable. It's highly offensive, but it's also like I said, it's also a time capsule to 1984 to the comedy that was showing in the movie theater. Top at that five. Point. Top five as we learned. Top five. Top yeah, five. certainly made some money. It's definitely a, a wise movie to reference if you want to look at that year. Yeah being, yeah, being in the top ten, I think, makes it worth to reference for that that year. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's one of those things. So I'm, I'm going to give it a high, a high, uh, a six point five. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, the the quality of the film, I'm going to give it a three point nine out of five, and for how much I enjoyed it. I think I'm kind of in the middle of the road. I'm going to say a 2.6. So that puts me at a 6.5 as well. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. I I was a little surprised by that. All right. So just want to give you guys a little side note. I checked the inflation calculator. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we make $85 million. Like 240 mil. Close. Very. Wow. Wow. Look at the big calculator. Look at the big. Check out the big brain on Brett. All right. So. If you were to do the inflation calculator on that motion picture, do you know how much it would have made? $252 million. It's fucking Marvel today. money, bro. <laughs> Shit. That's serious money. And then, okay, so it, it was on a $4.5 million budget. Yeah. At 12 mil. That's a. Oh my God! Dude, it's amazing. It's 13. Everything three. times three. I, I, 13, any three. 80 salary times three, three it's, it's my reference point. 13, three. So a 13. Three million dollar budget to two hundred and fifty-two million dollars. Dude, you'd hope those people bought rights to the fucking what? movie for distribution. They ha- you shit. hope they have the fucking points. I mean, we see how they made the next twelve of them. That's how Tom Hanks became a producer, by the way, guys. Do you know that? No. From his points on on Forrest Gump. Oh, that really? makes sense. Because he, he okay, go Elias, you do your thing, then I'll talk about. Oh, that. I was going to say six. I mean, for me. I'm I'm surprised you guys rated it higher than I did. I'm um, I'm okay with that. Yeah. So I, I again I, I I watched it again. I enjoyed it. There was a number of scenes that I I never recall seeing. Um. Again, a lot of stuff that's not appropriate for today's day and age. However, I would not shy away from again like like you you guys were saying. I wouldn't shy away from telling somebody, hey, dude, check it out. Get a laugh. Get some perspective on the days. I was more shocked to be honest with you with the terminal the racial the racist terminology used at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. um, when they were talking to Hightower and uh, God, I, I keep on missing her name. The, the soft spoken lady hooks hooks hooks, but it's, I was like, man, I'd never heard those offensive terms, right? You're, you're always used to other things, but it yeah. just goes to show that stuff has been lingering around. It still lingers. It's, it's manifested into other yes. things and yes, it's fascinating. But um, yeah, I, again, I, I enjoyed it for me. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it watching it again. I laughed. 
And, you know, I relive some of those memories. Like, shit, I remember, you know, talking with my friends about these, uh, the scenes, having the toy line. A couple <laughs> of us had toys on it. So, yeah, pretty dude. funny. But, yeah, no, I'm so, so going back to what I was, what the fuck was I going to say? It was um, Tom Hanks. Okay, so Tom Hanks. So he, he, uh, for Forrest Gump, and this is where he made a ton of money on Forrest Gump off his points. So points is basically that you make percentages on marketing and things of that nature, uh, how well it does at the box office. So his salary for the motion picture was not very high because the motion picture had issues during production. And he was he he had been trying to get this movie made for like ten years. No shit. Yes. So yeah. So he was one of the guys that brought the motion picture to the comp- to the movie studio. And was like, hey, you need to make this movie. It's great. He tried for ten years to make the movie before it started filming. And he told them, look, to make cachet. He was like, look, I will uh, forego my salary for a percentage of profits. I think he, I think his salary was like maybe like five million dollars for the movie, which is a lot of money, of course. But for him, it wasn't a lot because he had already won Academy Award. I mean, he was already like he's he was a, he was a well established and a high paid actor. So he told him, okay, I'll do five million or something. Like that. I say five million for the movie. I don't know the exact amount he made for that motion picture as far as as far as the salary was concerned. But on the points aspects of the motion picture, he made like another $50, 60000000 million. That's insane, dude. That's- Just on fucking Forrest Gump, on his points, on his contract. So that's why you have all these actors now making an insane amount of money if the movie hits because they add points into their contract. And it's all because of Tom Hanks. The Tom Hanks he- effect. The Tom Hanks effect. That's that's it's it's because it, it, he it, he's the one that did. He was the first one to actually do that shit, to do the points aspect of it, where you make money off of how well the movie does, what it does in distribution. Like he, you know, because I mean, you all they all make stuff like like Susan Sarandon still gets a paycheck from Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's insane, dude. Not a lot. Years. We're we're it's talking still, we're bro. talking maybe like twenty five cents paycheck. Oh. But she still gets a paycheck. You know what I mean? She still gets a residual off that movie because it's still being shown at least once a year. Halloween. Every October, you know, movie theaters, you know, if you have like one of those, you know, kind of like kooky kind of art house theaters where they do like rock character picture show nights, they do it. In like Houston. In, where in, Alamo. Down, in Clear Lake, they used to have a Rocky Horror Picture Show night. I think once a month or once a quarter. Yeah, yeah, they do. In some places, there's a pla- There used to be a place in in up in Broward that they used to have a rock and picture show every Friday night. Oh, there's shit. a rock and hard picture show. They, it, supposedly, that movie is shown at least every day in the world. It's in showing in one theater every day in the world. Just like still, Police Academy. Still. Just like Police Academy. Just like Police Academy. <laughs> All right, so... Um, are we, are we doing top shelf or? I think we're gonna do top shelf. So as far as top shelf, boys, we we talked about it, and I'll probably have to fix this because I know we had to pause it there for a minute. Um, the top shelf. What are your top shelves for the day, uh, Derek? Did you go first? You know, I realized, and I, I mentioned this earlier because I on our Halloween episode, I didn't, and I don't think I have ever 
um, mentioned this movie, but um, you know what? I lied. I totally did mention this movie on last year's Halloween episode. I'm still calling it. It's Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's a great okay. movie. Folks right. need to go and see that. It's a funny, uh, sexualized version, musical version of Frankenstein's Beast. Yes. yes. And it's it's great in so many ways. And it's got Tim Curry and, and Meatloaf. I mean. Susan Sarandon. Susan Sarandon. Like, it's it's really wonderful. And uh, I will say that um, I'm sure I'm. I probably shouldn't hold my breath, but if they happen to still be doing the replays in theater where you get to go and, you know, throw the toast and all that stuff, I will totally take my son to that. Absolutely. Because there's not going to be a lot of that on any future films. I feel like that, 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 uh, that trend has died out. There's only a handful of films I even know of that ever did anything like that. And, and, and one of the things I know that if, uh, if you go to the show, uh, if you want to get rained on, whenever they show rain, people start firing water guns in the air. But if you don't want yep. to get wet, just bring it. The, the people bring an umbrella. The ones who don't yep. bring an umbrella, they don't want to get wet whenever there's rain. But if you do want to get, if you don't give a shit about that, then people like whenever the rain shows up in the movie, which is the movie takes place in the rain the entire the time is one night. Mm-hmm. But like whenever the rain shows up on screen, people start firing water guns in the air. I did not know that. That's yeah, there's there's a bunch of things, and they it's crazy. They 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 chant certain things for certain characters every time they sing. There's there's a whole thing you can find it on YouTube. Um, but since I happens, have everybody dances a time warp, dude, the time warp. It's just a step to the left. Anyway, um, it, because I have already given Rocky Horror Picture, I'll give you a second one. Um, and and this goes along ha- hands in hand with uh, Matthew Perry's passing. Friends, Friends is a fantastic sitcom. It is one of those shows that I do not care what episode is on. I will watch it. Um, Well, except for the one where Rachel dumps Ross, because that one's a little rough. If you've been watching them in sequence, it hits you kind of hard. But um, yeah, fantastic show. Bye bye me. (laughs) Yeah. All right. You know what's um, you know what's funny is that it's so funny that like Friends. I think Friends is hilarious, and I love Friends. And I had my daughter watch it, and I was like watching the show with her, and I'm like, wow, this is. I should have probably waited a year or two before I had you show this show because it was like some of the stuff was just like a little bit semi inappropriate. I'm like, wow, this was on fucking NBC. Holy shit. Well, it's all it's all undertones, you know, a lot of the time. But, but yeah, I mean, but nowadays it's not undertoned as much. Like they talk about masturbation. They talk about all that premarital sex. All yeah, that kind of but, shit. But I mean, do you not remember the bet episode in Seinfeld? Yes. Yes. I mean, yes. Kramer was only out of the room for 10 minutes and he comes back. He's like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway oh my god but no but yeah day. no but yeah they uh they, they i mean it but now friends has this whole thing where people like like a lot of um millennials don't like friends they like talk shit about how it's not funny anymore hmm yeah you it's know wild. i've heard that and and i think um i don't understand it, it. it like for example i think of my sister she's she's uh seven years younger than me and while i do think that she appreciates friends and does like it her show, her go-to is usually something more along the lines of like the office. Yes. And, and it, another great show, please don't. Fantastic show. Yeah. Don't let me discourage it, but uh, disparage it, but it's, it's a, it's a very different series from a different time and also very good. Just different. Right. It's, it's, I think it's because that whole single camera, multi-camera sitcom. 
Yeah, the whole looking back at the camera thing and Jim and the way that him and Pam kind of just have this lingering thing throughout the whole series. I mean, I guess that's a common thing. We saw the same thing with Ross and Rachel. But anyway, that's my two picks. Rocky Horror Picture Show and Friends. All right. Uh, Elias, what's yours, dude? Five Nights at Freddy. You saw the movie? Saw it, yeah. We We watched it here at home. I actually subscribed to Peacock. To watch it, I'm glad I didn't give my son and daughter, you know, twenty bucks a piece to go watch this piece of shit. It sucked. <laughs> so I'm saying top shelf crap. I didn't enjoy it, but it's it's interesting because my son's 14 now. He's been playing this fucking game on some sort of media for the last like eight years or whatever, and, and he he loved it. He loved it, bro. And I was like, this is awesome. Like I saw the magical stuff, and he's like, oh, the spring trap and the story and the lore and. And I was like, shit, man, I, I remember, you know, seeing that with, you know, with, with different movies that I could relate back to when I, in my childhood. So I was like, all right, cool. I, I respect it. I respect the hustle on it. Um, it was entertaining, but definitely not something that I'd pay money in a theater to go watch. Pay like, like $10 a ticket. No, I wouldn't. You watch it one time. And if you good. go to the cheap theater. Yeah, yeah. If they even have that anymore. God. So, but yeah, um, Five Nights at Freddy's. And, yeah. and apparently there was another movie, which I did watch. And I thought that was what the movie was. Four, that Nicolas Cage was in where he didn't speak a line. Oh, a yes. Ago. I saw that movie. Willie's. Uh, yes. Willie's Wonderland. Wonderland. Willie's, Willie's what? Willie's Wonderland. You, you Willie's was one Wonderland. Of your top yes. it, was, it was a top shelf of mine. Yeah. It's fucking great because it's so satirical. I think that one was better than this actual Much movie. better. And I'm Much surprised better. that movie wasn't like, you know, sued into fucking oblivion because oh, of, of what they did. But yes. Um, it's great. I love that movie, dude. I saw it was a top shelf of mine a couple years my, back. My wife flipped out when she found out like the lore and the story behind the animatronics and that they were yes. dead kids that God knows this guy had kidnapped them. She's like, What the fuck? I let you play this shit when you're like six <laughs> years old. I know. And I had no clue. I was like, Chrissy, I had no fucking clue about that either. I know, I know. My daughters party? told me that. A fucking birthday <laughs> party. Fucking five <laughs> insane bro insane oh my god that's great but yeah my daughters told me about it and i'm just like oh well just understand it's a video game it's not real like yeah yeah it's very real but yeah my youngest just watched it and so my youngest had an issue we went to go see haunted mansion in the theaters and haunted mansion wasn't that bad it was okay it was it's on disney right. plus i was gonna yeah watch it. it's all right i mean it's nothing it's it's good to pass the time but we watched in the theaters because we had nothing to watch that day. So we're like, let's watch something for the kids. So we watched, took them to go see Haunted Mansion. We went to Studio Movie Grill, uh, which isn't in Miami, but it is Great It chain. is in Houston. And it is, is a good chain. It's a good chain. And my youngest got so, like, worked up by the movie. Like, for some reason, it worked her up. Like, she had she couldn't watch the movie anymore. Like, she got, like, like her heart was beating fast. It, she couldn't watch it. So she watched Five Nights at Freddy at home. I told her, look, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll subscribe to Peacock for it. It's only five bucks. I mean, it's not out of this world. And like, you can watch the movie and, you know, it's okay if you get scared. Just turn the lights on. She's like, yeah, that's what I want to do. And she watched the whole movie. I was very happy. I was very proud of her. But I was just like, all right. So and in my head, I'm like, all right, next time I'm going to take you to go see the fucking Baba Gook or whatever the fuck it is called. Just some fucking horror flake. We'll watch it. Like, <laughs> I took my, I took, like, I told my daughter, my oldest, I said, like, you can't watch Midsummer, but you can watch Hereditary. I'm like, she's like, she's like, really? I'm like, yes, you can watch Hereditary mm-hmm. if you want to. Yeah, I guess. She can't watch we Midsummer. Talked about that. We talked about that. Yeah, we talked part. about that. Yeah, text part, but whatever. But, but yeah, no, dude, I totally agree with you, man. It was, it's funny when you hear the lore of fucking Five Nights at Freddy's. It's, it's, it's intense. 
Fair I haven't heard any of this, and I will never watch that movie. So <laughs> I don't <laughs> care. Two in fucking the hours, bro. Two hours. I earned forty-five. Two minutes hours? Minutes. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I earned forty-five. Hour and wow. Minutes. Wow. And then it it open it's for got, a fucking it's got sequel. Some- Unusual yes. ratings too. It's got an eighty nine on popcorn, but a twenty five on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, again, it's all fan based. You know, it's, yeah, this is audience, the audience scores. The and audience. They're gonna make a sequel. They're gonna make a sequel. Yeah, they'll make they'll make money out of it. They'll make money out of it somehow. All right. So as far as top shelf for me, what you got? Um, I have. Good. I said I have an honorable mention. I my honorable mention was F zero ninety nine, which is fucking fantastic. If you have the online uh, Nintendo Switch, get it fucking roll with it love it amazing but my top shelf is um as a, it's a series on netflix called who is aaron carter hmm. all right so it's a series on netflix it's about a lady who is uh with her child at a supermarket and a robbery happens and she somehow served uh and she puts one of the robbers in the hospital and it basically moves on from there where you find out all this stuff about her, that she is not who she is. Not only is she not who she says she is like Aaron Carter is not even her real name. She is highly capable of handling herself with a gun and with self-defense. So, it's a cool show. It's a really, I, I enjoy the show immensely. It's about, Oh, seven, eight episodes, and it's 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 good. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I I'm it. adding it's it to spelled, my list. It's spelled E R I N yep. Carter. Aaron not, Carter. Not Who our is, uh, no. Our, uh, not A A R O N. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who is Aaron Carter? Watch it. It's worth the time. It's fun. It's a cool. It's a cool show. And, seven episodes. Yeah. So it's one of those shows where it builds up a lot. And you finally find out who this person is by the fourth episode, I believe, fifth episode. And then from that point, it goes it goes hard. So yeah, it's only seven episodes, and yeah. uh, it says that they uh, that the show's not been greenlit for a second season, but it only came out this year. Yeah, and it's listed as an action adventure crime drama. I don't know if I could. I don't know how they could move on for a second season. Honestly, oh yeah. Might, it might not leave that door open. It yet. might not. I don't. I don't remember them really. I don't think they, they. They honestly, they never did. So I don't really see. It's perfect because it's like it's perfect in the sense of it being a British type of show mm-hmm. where they have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yep. They don't really have anything. If something else comes from it, I don't know what it will be, but I don't know how they're going to move forward from it. But it'd be completely some different with the same characters, but yeah, they it it, it does it definitely has a finality to it. So. Could be like Lupine; that thing just kept on going somehow. I need to watch the new season of Lupine too. I haven't watched it, but the, I enjoyed the first two seasons, and then it's yeah. like season two point three or whatever the fuck it's yeah. called. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. I gotta watch the second the, the last season of it, so I gotta finish second season too, actually. But yeah, so. For the next film. Oh, yes. Derek, please roll. provide. Please provide. And, I, need, I, need, I need to explain my decision because it wasn't Police Academy 2. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I don't think you'll get, get this, but I'll give you some hints. Um, what does Nick Offerman, Blythe Danner, Tony Collette, and Ted Danson all have in common? 
Hold they're on. In, they're in my pick. I'll tell you that. What? All together. Live yeah. Danner, Tony Danza, Nick Offerman, and no, Tony to- Collette? Tony Collette, Blythe Danner, Ted Danson, and Nick Offerman. I don't know. Let me let me explain. Did you guys ever see the movie Begin Again? Yes, with Came uh, out in with, with Eric Ruff- with 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 uh, Mark, uh, Ruffalo, Ruff- Mark Ruffalo and Kira uh, Knightley. Kira Knightley, yes. Adam Levine was in it. Haley Steinfeld. Yes. Lot, lots of folks. Um, if you haven't seen this film, it's, it's a, it, this is not my pick begin again is from 2013 and it's a kind of heartfelt comedy, very musically focused. And yes. I've grown up in a musically inclined family and I myself a musician and I am immediately intrigued whenever there's quality sound design and good storytelling that coupled entering into the holidays, whenever a lot of people need some heart with heartfelt films, some things that are a little bit more upbeat, some things that don't make you feel like shit. And I think I need a little bit of that from Tony, uh, Tony Collette after hereditary. <laughs> I want to see this movie. It's been on my list for a long time. Um, movie. this is, movie is called hearts beat loud from 2018. And I suspect it is going to be very similar uh, in, in kind of uh, to hereditary genre, in genre <laughs> to begin again. Um, but begin again, in my opinion, is a little bit of an underrated film. It's definitely not a blockbuster, but it was something that I truly enjoyed. And I don't think enough people have seen it. Hearts. So I'm hoping yeah. that this new film, Hearts Beat Loud, will be uh, another good film. It's not. Well, see, the thing was, is that the guy who do, who wrote and directed Begin Again also did that movie um, one. Which was um, once, once, once. Sorry, yeah. which was nominated for an Academy Award for not only music but for like a screenplay. I think it was nominated for Best Picture too. I mean, it was like it like did a lot. Yeah, but it's yeah. not the same act. It's not the same person of Heart Speeds Loud. Uh, no, different guy. You, so the you, person, the director, on this one. John Carney is who did Once and uh, a Begin Again. But Hearts Beat Loud was directed by Brett Haley. And we'll, we'll talk about all that whenever it comes time to the episode. But okay. um, all right. I, I, I have not seen this before. I'm hoping that it is in the same vein because I think especially around the holidays before Christmas films really kick yeah. off because that's where we're at right now. I need some I need some uh some upbeat positivity and I'm hoping that's what it is. Well, you know, I have positivity in regards to our uh, quote for the day. Mm, give it to me. All right. So it's a great quote said by the great uh, character, George Martin. Okay. In the motion picture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Give it to, to me. To me, marriage is a sacred institution. So tell me, you and the wife do it doggy style or what? <laughs> All right, everybody. That's our show. Perfect ending. Peace out. Full circle.